Hey, everybody. Uh oh. It is dialogue choices. We're back. Is it? Does it have to be? We could just. Not. We could just make. We could make it something else. We'd be like, "Fuck it, this is the. Le we're doing let's tries now. We're just gonna play video games and not talk about them. We're not <laughs> set up for that. I mean, that's just a podcast. All with I do is visuals. launch a game and hit stream to you guys. It's easy. Boom. Format oh, if change. you play it. I see. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Playing yeah. small saga. Let's go. <laughs> small saga. That's a game. Yeah. I don't know games anymore. It's a it's like a JRPG style game where you play as little mice. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Wait, it's JRPG. Maybe it sucks. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played it yet. This, this, that was the I mean, if it's mice, it's it can't be bad, right? Like you make you uh, make literally Final Fantasy eleven, and but it's mice. It's a good game. I, I just that's I, a very I primarily knew about it because uh, what Jerome Jacinto or Jeremy I I never <laughs> never check how to pronounce his name. The guy that did the uh, the Ghost of a Tale art did uh, did art for the game leading up to mm. its like release and announcement and whatnot. And so you get to, you get to see that these thing. tiny little like rats and mice and moles and squirrels, but they're using human wep they're using human devices as weapons. So mm -hmm. one has a li just a lighter to use as a flamethrower. One of them has a switchblade, which is like guts sized, like like an old <laughs> like an ultra great sword. One has a scalpel that they're using as a halberd, and the other one has a hollowed out pencil they're using as like a, a flute for a bard. And it's just like just a just inspired art direction. <laughs> just what a fantastic idea! Uh, it is, yeah, it's like really fun imagination. Yeah. Like, I've been waiting for that yeah. game to come out. I might do. I'll probably oh, go let's try the demo at some it. point. Does it? Is that, that, is that, is oh, that a, a rat demo. or is that a mole? The left one's a mole. Oh, okay. Because I was say it doesn't have ears. Uh, I think the right one is a mat, a rat. A and mat. yeah, the back's obviously. He looks a like squirrel. a mat. <laughs> They're all rats. No, the no. rats just look different. That's no. not what words mean. You need you need to. We live in a society, Colonel. You can't just <laughs> fucking change what what words are whenever you feel like okay. it. The lighter the lighter person is indeed a, a mole. I think that's the case. We're all moles when you think about it. Huh? Oh, there's a squirrel with a flute. That's a squirrel at the back. Yeah. Yep. That yeah, that's what made me squirrel. think that the the one on the left is a mole. I was like, oh wait, that's a squirrel back there. Maybe that's a mole and not just a rat with <laughs> missing its ears. So you 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 thought it was good to point out that there was a mole in the picture instead of the more obvious one, which is the squirrel. Yeah, well, right. I, a, figured, I mean, I explained what all that. four of them were. We're and for some reason we're still catching up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I think I front loaded look, I think, the explanation. <laughs> You I give us pictures of rats. A, uh... We don't pay. We stop paying attention. That's, yeah, you, you just can't... tune me out immediately and just start staring yeah. at the picture. Look, listening. <laughs> listening is. is a sign of weakness. I don't listen. Yep, we're apparent. We're talking about. Uh, we're apparently talking about small saga because Elden Ring came out and we can't talk about it really. But hi everybody, Elden I... Ring came out. Play there... it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you may want to wait a little bit. Um. Yeah. It's it's I saw it some is, serious hitches on your side, Andrew. Yeah, I've been having well, okay, so I've just been I I've always had bad luck with from software games on PC. That's just always just been life for me. Um I don't think I'm the norm, but I I do 
I, I mean, it is common knowledge that from software PC game PC ports are generally the worst versions of any of their games. So uh, it's always. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I don't have any problems with Sekiro or uh, Dark Souls Three. I'm having huge issues with Sekiro. Um, really. Still, I know yeah, Dark Souls I'm, 2 I, had a durability problem where the increased frame rate made your durability decay faster. Yeah. Did they ever just, fix that? I have no idea. No. I remember you mentioned it a lot in your oh, I, I, uh, wait, Let's I, Play. I think, I think Scholar of the First Sin ran at 60 frames per second on all platforms, so it just became everyone's problem at that point. Like, it was intended oh, to no, long or something. Oh, no, they made it worse. Yeah. Oh, crap. It's, it's I mean, fine. It's like, parody. Yeah. <laughs> it's parody, Yes. <laughs> I, I think it's fine to an extent. Uh, you just have to kind of live with it, you know. But the, uh, but yeah. So I, I just I would say with any AAA game, not just from software too. I would say give it like a month or two if you can avoid spoilers. Give it some time to get uh, to get patches because usually it will take a few months after like you crunch a team for them to have the motivation to go and fix the failures that they overlooked because they were too tired to open, <laughs> keep their eyes open while they did their job. So You say, you say spoilers, but I, I watch... Uh, so I'm watching both of you guys' Let's Plays. Uh, and, like, from the intro cinematic, it, like, it, this is Dark Souls again. It's the same story. It's the all yeah. the dragons. It's no, 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 we, no, no. Nobody no. means story when they say spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking That's about what boss fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss We're fights, like, also no just, one... just, the th it's just what happens. Just, like, what it does with yeah. the open world oh, and yeah, what the surprises, the surprises are and so on. Yeah. There's all yeah. sorts of yeah. just, like, oh, fuck. I walked here mm -hmm. and this happened. I went over that crest and just saw this landscape that was just an entire category of shit that I didn't even expect to see in this game. Like, that it was just there's unveiling to happen in, in, and like NPCs to meet and things about how the structure works and so on. It's like how Bloodborne has like a massive spoiler midway through of just what happens with the world and so on. And it's like there's just all these different games like like obviously like at some point people need to be allowed to talk about them at all. But we're the games out, out right now. So it's very limited what you can actually talk about with uh with Elden Ring without just immediately yeah. being a like it's like how people were like I've played this game for 20 hours and I thought I'd be safe watching your let's play and then you immediately turned in the opposite direction and found a new dungeon with a new boss and yep. and uh and that's and then they're me like I'll be back in 20 more hours <laughs> uh because they because they, <laughs> they want to watch the videos but they also like immediately I start doing shit that uh that is out of out of reach or whatever because everyone explores differently I've had a strange exactly. journey where, like, I I kind of just kept running off in directions towards whatever the fuck got my attention. And then, like, 10 hours in, came back to the starting zone and started, like, finding really basic things that would have been helpful to find at the beginning. <laughs> like, entire oh. gameplay mechanics just waiting to be discovered. I was uh, going to say, I was, like I, the level I was playing. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, that, I that, apparently, that's the thing. He said, uh, level up mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, saw somewhere I don't know that, how that works. I saw somewhere that uh, Elden Ring has a, uh, a, a, a sort of a unintended a hard mode for basically players that miss one important character early mm -hmm. on. And they showed the important character in the thumbnail, but I didn't read because it's not, I, I, it's not, I, I, well, I had all, what I wanted. Um, yeah. But 
I'm wondering if that happened to you. I need to pay attention again to your first episode. Things happen. Hey. Yeah, I don't, so I don't really know. with everything. I just run. I Like, I just go whatever direction. Like, I did the same thing Keith did. I was like, well, I don't know. That looks fun. Can't do that yet. I'm going to go to the next thing, I guess. And just, like, keep... I just keep walking in directions. I got stuck uh, in a place for, like, I think almost, like almost an hour and i was like i i'm trapped here i don't know how i got here i don't know how to get out of here i'm I'm fucked i guess and like it's just uh, it's a very weird experience compared to most souls game where it's like you can't just stumble upon uh a place you you cannot go kind of thing um well dark souls 2 does that though it's easy to get stuck in Dark Souls 2, if I remember correctly. I got stuck. Yeah, but you're often stuck in uh, areas stuck? where... Yeah, you're often stuck in an area in the sense of, like, you may not know how to get out, but you should probably oh. be in that area. Like, But I, I'm, I mean stuck as in I don't know how to advance. And I think I got stuck because... I mean, at the beginning of Dark Souls 2, you have four different options. Yeah, but I th- but it was later in the game. I, uh, I, I, I don't remember exactly why I got stuck. Uh, but for some reason, I was under the impression that the the Stones of Pharaoh's place had like a new passage somewhere because I didn't open all the mm-hmm. all the uh, all the little secret passages. There's like an Which optional incident- boss. Yeah, I found that. But incidentally, those I have later figured out that the all the Stones of Pharaohs in Dark Souls Two, in that particular level of the dwarves or whatever, um, those things are for multiplayer mechanics that are not explained in the game or online in anything that I saw. And apparently people just know. How do you? How did you know that, Keith? Because I found that from your Let's Play. Oh, the first know. game. You, in the first game, you're like, oh, people here do this and do that. And like you, you were playing when the game came out. So, of course, people were playing. So you got invaded by some dude or whatever. Or do that. Uh, I mean, if you watched my playthrough of the first game, that would have been me and Andrew in 2011. Uh, oh, with horrible oh, mic no. and audio quality. And <laughs> Oh, I mean Dark Souls 2, not the first game. Uh, I say I the first know. game, the first Dark Souls 2, because there's two of them. No, the, the games are too old for me to be able to, to remember. Did, did you just say there's two Dark Souls? Oh, you mean the first Dark Souls 2? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought you just said there's two Dark Souls. I'm like, sir, I have news for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, uh, no, I'm talking about specifically I, I, Dark Souls no, 2. I, I can't re- recreate how I learned things. That was like 2014. No, I don't remember. Also, also, there are two. There are two Dark Souls, by the way. There are two Dark Souls, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why true. it ends with an S. <laughs> well, uh, I, I meant, not how yeah. any of that. I meant that <laughs> there's the there's Dark Souls and there's the Dark Souls remastered or whatever. Oh yeah, there's two Dark Souls ones and two yeah, Dark Souls two, I guess. Yeah, there's yeah there are two Dark Souls. <laughs> Just goofy, dumb nonsense. <laughs> and they didn't make two Bloodborns, even though no, they, they, they don't. <laughs> there's two Demon Souls. There's they didn't make two. Dark Souls three though they could no, although there are, there no. are, there are even more Dark Souls ones and Dark Souls threes if you count all of the fan campaigns where they like read they redo the game kind of. That doesn't but count. I don't, don't know how extensive they are because I still haven't tried any of them yet. I bet but they're we'll like, like super douchey all of the time. I I, I bet that <laughs> there's one that says it's full says, up its own ass. Like it's about the difficulty. That's all that matters. Yeah, this one is like this is Dark Souls but easy and nice and good. And not that I'm saying Dark Souls is not good, but you know what I mean. Uh, and then you go and play it. It's the hardest one, just to be even more douchey. I bet I bet it's all, all the mods are. 
All the nice people are making D-makes instead. There's apparently already a D-make for Elden Ring somewhere. Uh, uh, I mean, that can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like two days. So no. They're, no, I think it's just going, in the works. So at, at that point, they're just going entirely off of the hype of the concept because they, they can't even have had time to experience the game that fully yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that idea. Usually D-makes are idea really minimal and disappointing that there's usually not that much love into them it's just like well i did pixel graphics and did like you know a game that existed back then with those with that graphic style but i made it themed after the thing that people care about to get attention i took dark souls and gave it tank controls whereas bloodborne psx is beautiful it is just mm -hmm. an experience i don't know if you've played that yet andrew but that no. is i've never is, even played is, bloodborne is, it is a loving take on Bloodborne, but it's also just a lot as just being like a Souls game done in like the the PS1 style with like the awkward controls and the jittering graphics and like loading zones between chunks of maps and everything like that. Like yeah, a fucking high. inventory screen that you scroll through via like the, the 3D items spinning in a big circle like Tomb Raider. Like <laughs> it's it's so specific. And it's like it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. That person had a real Actually, specific goal. Uh, there's also a, a tiny detail uh, that you didn't mention. In the menus, a lot of the letters or a lot of the text is uh, white on a blue background. And um, that, you know, that's like Final Fantasy VII. And a lot of yeah. PS, PS1 games do that. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them do. And I always figured it was like something to do with like default styling for any sort of toolkit that games were made with like uh like 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 if you make an application for windows you you can use the windows default xml style uh for window making and it just uses the default window styling of of windows um so i thought i thought it was something to do with playstation so i asked her specifically the author of P of uh on twitter uh the uh the author of um bloodborne psx and apparently no it's just the way they liked it and I can't understand mm -hmm. why they liked it. It looks horrible. <laughs> it has different why ideas of what looks good or bad at different eras, but also like yeah, when you get, when you have at some point at some point on older graphics, he just s desperately wanted contrast because holy mm. fuck, old TVs were just blurry and garbage. Yeah, that's true. Maybe like, graphics couldn't really get better until TVs did because all the like it was like there's just Vaseline on the screen. Like it's just it's it's so fucking blurry. Wow. Yeah, Excuse well, us for not having the technology to make flat lights on a but the good or a flat, <laughs> yeah, perfectly flat lights on a flat screen look like stupid cartoon characters. But we're busy with other that, things. A lot of games use that to their to its advantage. Like the especially pixel art games did that a lot with the dithering and stuff to add more colors or to yeah remove the color aliasing. blending was intended so playing things with sharp pixel graphics is actually kind of against the spirit of mm -hmm. retro graphics sometimes because yeah the whole point was that they were supposed to like actually look like a gradient because all the graphics were blurrier yeah yeah Which I, is, I definitely I don't remember that I wouldn't say that's uh, ideal I would say that's a that is a a creation from a limitation and i think that i don't know i count that as a negative like you shouldn't be uh you should never make something to that uh, can only work on a very specific setup 
Uh, well, the, what I mean, I mean is that, that was it's... at the time just the only setup that existed. It wasn't like yeah, they but, had to like. Well, you got to well, buy yeah, this but, specific but, thing. It's like it's just what technology was. What I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like the, building. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, if you play old games now, if you don't have the same setup as before, they will look worse than they did back then. Like, obviously, what Andrew is saying is true. Like, if you can make it better, make it better. It's not, you know, I'm not pining for back in the day, they could blend the colors. No, our modern day screens reproduce colors like nothing else we have ever done. It's incredible. It's amazing. But the so the, the thing is, that we, we go back and we, you know, you hook up a, a PS1 to a LCD and it looks terrible. Because it's just not, it's not made for that. <laughs> you need you need a CRT. I remember it's... when my when I hooked up my my Sega Saturn to a more modern CRT because I I I played my Sega Saturn through a coaxial cable because my TV in the living room didn't have SCART. Uh, Wait, you don't have an S video? Uh... Come on, man! What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> just a really old TV, um, and uh, I still have it. It's not working, but I still have it. Um, the and TV? so basically, I played. Yeah, I still have that TV. Not using. Why? Because it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's enormous, <laughs> and it's in a room that's not used, so it's just over there, forgotten and accumulating dust. Um, but um, so that TV, basically, I, I played the games there and whatever, and just in, that was that. And then when I hooked up, hooked it up to the kitchen TV, which was smaller but had SCART and was newer, I was like, "Wow, the games look so much better." Now I don't remember exactly if it was just because it was smaller, so I couldn't see the all the all the things. But I'm pretty sure the colors were just better, and it makes sense that it would, because SCART is actually really advanced for uh, in comparison to things like RGB and and white what composite. Yeah, SCART is pretty decent. So yeah, of course, uh, anything to do with coaxial cables is always going to look terrible. I just think. It's. I think it's really absurd that they didn't build a Super Nintendo with an HDMI port. <laughs> they they had plenty of you time. Get the Retron. I have the Retron, even, and it's, even though uh, it, it just runs emulation anyway. Yeah, it's just an emulator, but in a box, um, which is no different from Nintendo emulation, which is like the, that little SNES thing that they came out with, which is just emulation in a box. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's. I keep hearing uh, the emulation's really bad for the 64. On I would Switch. bet it's it's uh because they keep redoing it for some reason. They don't just like they didn't just copy and paste the one from the the Wii and the Wii. I guess technically it's the Wii and then the Wii U copied the one from the Wii, which is why it was so good. Um, I thought they, like the, I Wii, thought the Wii U. I, I I kept hearing the Wii U emulation was also really bad for 64. Like Majora's Mask is just a mess or something. Oh, there are some games that no, it's not that Majora's Mask was a mess. It's that Majora's Mask uh is that it's that the N64 was a mess. And so it didn't run very well at times, especially for games like Majora's Mask, which were really good and well-made games, but they kind of were a little too well-made for their time. So the N64 would sometimes struggle to run them, which it would have like frame drops basically. And modern emulators don't have frame drops because they're running on modern hardware. And so Majora's Mask would actually like cutscenes would end faster than music would end because when they mm -hmm. were testing the game on the N64, it would lag. So they would make the music accommodate for the lag. But on modern systems, it doesn't lag anymore. So the music would just not end when the cutscene ended because you're like, or the cutscene would end before the music ended because you're like, oh, uh, well, we didn't have to like stop 
and load and like cutscenes weren't pre-rendered like they're not pre-rendered they just say like it's going to take we're going to play a thing that's happening in x amount of time right and so then it i don't know there was like a really good twitter thread about this explaining that how like sense. on the switch yep. like the switch version fixed majora's mask they went back and actually added the the lag to the majora's mask n64 uh emulator so that way the the cutscenes actually play correctly now but uh it's like this weird the way that they set up cutscenes in the n64 made it so you uh unlike just playing an it like a you know an mp4 like we do now uh because it was like in game it accom accommodated it accommodated the lag in the n64 and so yeah obviously the wii u didn't care or the wii didn't care about this and so it a lot of n64 games didn't have that and so some of them were like kind of bunk because of it but stuff like perfect dark was perfectly fine or golden eye because they didn't rely on that so it was just like oh this is a much smoother and nice experience like when you play designed, those games perfect dark was designed for the expansion pack yeah exactly um and so yeah there's just like it, it's just fun to see those little things but yeah it's not that it's it's not that it was bad it's just that again man you really made a shitty in 64 why is it frame skip and you're like well that's I mean, I'm, the best I'm we basically could do. just half us... remembering narrow videos or something but like oh. i think there's a bunch of stuff about like missing like missing effects and like silent hill silent hill hd level of like all all these all these uh fog effects don't render and stuff like that like there's supposed to be like a bunch of major problems with like nintendo oh, 64, never... with like with like uh majora's mask on switch and stuff Oh, I've never seen that. So I and like I mean, a bunch of like added input delay on all the Mario games and so on. And like just like all of them are supposed to be just kind of a disaster. But for people that like actually fine tooth that shit, because I'd fucking I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. <laughs> input well, delay. Yeah, like, obviously... I just play a game and then everyone tells me you're the wrong that's the wrong one. What have you done? This is crimes. <laughs> Perfect. I love crimes. No matter what input. version of a classic game I play, I will always be told that all of my control complaints aren't because the game had any flaws ever, but because I magically always chose the platform that has the most, like, incorrect controls now or something. <laughs> Wait, you're playing the game wrong because of the platform that you're playing it on? Yeah. yeah, like a lot of Zelda games will get that complaint. It's like, no, 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 you should have played it on the GameCube or whatever. It had the perfect layout, and you're like, okay, well... It's like, well, well, it's like now there's inescapably all of these... The, all the popular ones that my patreon will vote for and so on are all these games that are like stuck around enough that they've been re-released over and over again and so now there's all these opinions and it's like i always have to make these mutually exclusive choices of which version to play uh and the most authentic one is the hardest one to do which is to fucking get the original hardware with the original controller and hope look fuck you have working controllers and hardware still that haven't had their <laughs> own problems over the years and drift and other shit going on uh, and then also be able to fucking record that, which is really hard for anything before HDMI is actively difficult to record and add so many problems. And you go out. I have spent hours and hours with weird pieces of hardware trying to get anything, any kind of good signal out of like a GameCube or something over the years. And yeah. it is such a massive pain in the ass just to then have like something go wrong and you have to figure out how to set it up again the next session because something changed somehow and like 
it's it's so much work to try to get and then like the brightness will be wrong or there's like weird noise because the signal has noise because it's not an hdmi cable so like you have visual noise in the signal from like problems that are happening and you're like how the fuck i i wasn't planning on taking like a class on how to record this one console i was just trying to play the fucking game uh i mean it's a yeah, process I always wonder what the, I, if... I wish there was a, a more in-depth, uh, like a real genuine breakdown of Game Grumps' uh, uh, little setup. Because they're, however I mean, the they do it. The answer is that they gave up on it and they just do emulation. Like they've been doing emulation for years and years. Oh, have they? I thought they were, I thought they yeah. still use the real consoles. No. No, they really obviously emulate for stuff like, like a lot of these Sonic games they're playing and stuff like that. Like they joke oh. about it sometimes. Like, no, I'm not. This, this is real. It's not, I mean, I'm not emulating it. Uh, especially <laughs> oh. since in some cases they're literally doing multiplayer with each other online. It's mm. like that's that's emulation. Like you can't do that with the Does original. Sega Saturn had a, a an Ethernet port or whatever. It was no, the I mean like net. I mean like they're playing they're playing old video games like that are like split screen and and local and whatnot, but they're playing it mm. online because they're quarantining. Oh right, yeah, makes sense. Like that's 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 fucking Four Swords Adventure via emulation shit going on there. Like you're not, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that in the actual game. Wait a second. That, hang uh, what in turnation? Do you know it. those cheating? Do you know those machines that that are uh, like nine hundred dollars each, and they're like upscalers all in a little box, and they're yeah, I've got a Frame Meister that's like six hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the one. Do, those don't capture HDMI or convert. Uh, that that thing is really hard to use. Not the least of which is because it's in Japanese. Oh, that would. Yuck. It's entirely in Japanese. <laughs> I have a sticker overlay that overlays the entire controller with English in, inputs, but then it's still hard to learn how to use it and what all the settings mean, and also to figure out how to customize it separately for every single console and platform. And then you're still doing with the the signal loss of the cables that work with the console in the first place on the way to the frame meister and there's just a lot yeah. it's, a, it's a very it, it is not uh the kind of like plug and play setup that a lot of my setup actually is yeah that there's it's, there's nothing better than having a plug and play system i am just so a, not a, a hardware enthusiast like i tune out every time you guys start talking specs about anything and uh <laughs> like i'm just immediately out i'm like oh, okay uh it's, it's fucking it's like it's, it's like car talk like when he like yeah you, like you like yeah. you two start talking to effie about like like fucking brand numbers and models and shit i'm like i don't know why anyone would even remember that but okay <laughs> there they go <laughs> it, well there's yeah there's value in in not like i i look at it the value of knowing or remembering the things that you care most about um like i know what kind of mouse and keyboard i have because if i don't know something happened and i need to replace them those are like important to me i need to i need to know like hey this keyboard that i'm using has a very has very particular um uh, switches in them because i want it to sound and feel a certain way when i press buttons and so if i'm going to get a keyboard it needs to have those particular switches and so knowing what kind of keyboard it is i can look at it look at the specifications look at the keycaps move on from there uh but other things it doesn't make as much sense like i don't really need to know what kind of like model mixer you have 
I mean, it helps if I want to look it up and see what you own, but your mixer is most likely not going to be unique enough that it matters. Like, as long as it has an XLR cable in it, it, okay, it probably can do what you need it to do. It's, it might have different signal ranges, but I think your microphones are more important. Like, you know, your microphone's range is a lot more important than your mixer. Um, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're like Jay-Z and you're recording mm -hmm. a hit album. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think there's sometimes when knowing, having the technical knowledge, it can be useful to make things easier, whenever, but generally. I think whenever yeah. I have to deal with something reasonably complicated, I just get stressed out and power through it and figure out how to do it the one time. And then I just remember how I did it and dump everything else. <laughs> that's, like how yeah, I mean, that's, it's yeah. like how every time I compress one of these videos for handbrake through handbrake so that I can send it to you guys in a reasonable file size and instead of trying to upload to both of you and YouTube simultaneously via like a 20 gig file or some shit. Uh, I literally just open it up and click the same four things out of habit that I always have and move on. And I don't even think about them anymore. Well, and yeah. I, and then I, I just, but, and then I just export it. But yeah. That's the inertia of usability. That's not. Yeah. Like, you know what, a, what a, an X265 is. It's like a lot right. of my workflow depends on being able to use stuff that doesn't have to change. And that's why it's such a pain in the ass if it's like, oh, yeah, this update wiped out your OBS settings. Start over, figure them out again. Or like, or yeah, when you have to do something like FrameMeister and it's like, I really just need to start recording, please. I don't need 10 hours of troubleshooting this thing instead of recording because then today it's fucked and probably tomorrow. But the, that makes sense. The, what I'm saying... What I'm saying is like you're not doing it once allows you to at least talk about it. Like what? Like I don't know. The, even things like most people don't wouldn't talk about like uh, the sampling rate of a sound file or the color space. Oh, I don't. <laughs> if, if I tell I you, this, like I don't think about it until something goes wrong, and then it's like, oh yeah, fuck, but we need like, to like sync up our sampling rates, and then we sync them up, and then it doesn't work anyway, and you're still constantly out of sync for some reason. I. I that's weird i'm sorry yeah i don't know what's good for those of you at home if colonel ever sounds out of sync part of it is because he's in portugal so like there's no proper sync of connecting voices this far away it, uh but also yeah like his his just his voice just wanders it just stretches and shrinks compared to ours in duration and the, i don't know why turn down the frame rate on your audacity <laughs> on your audacity uh I don't yeah, know. stop having audacity at 120 frames per second. Maybe if you turn down to 60 like everybody else, you'll uh, <laughs> sound normal. Maybe, maybe it's the way I'm exporting it. Now we'll figure it out later. Um, are you? But, I mean, are you exporting it as a WAV file? Yeah. Then you should be fine. I don't think there's any like, there's no like particularly important details in your export that would change its uh, its timing. Like the, hmm. the yeah, the timing shouldn't change from that. I don't that's mm. that is weird though. That is weird that you would be out of sync consistently. Uh I don't know. I, I would wonder like I've, I've, are I, you it's been a godsend ever... ever since I started recording literally everything in OBS simultaneously like TeamSpeak and my and was, my commentary yeah. and the game and so on because back when we had to fucking record our voices separately and sync them up, it was just random. Like yeah. you, we would do yep. a sync at the beginning and end of each recording and it would match up perfectly sometimes and other times it'd be like you sync it up at the beginning and at the end it's just way off and you're like do I 
do I stretch the audio so that it matches at the end and hope that averages out to it being synced the rest of the time? Like, I don't know what the fuck happens. I don't know, man. Kids these days have it easy. I remember just, I remember the sheer nightmare it was to try to record stuff uh, prior to OBS. And you're just, yeah. And like, just DAWs. Just having digital audio in workspaces. It's just, it's like a revolution. Awful. Awful. Can you imagine? Um, can you imagine recording multi-track on, on like a tape with four tracks and having it all timed and cutting it? It's just like mm -hmm. impossible. And then mastering it. That was the. Oh my god! It's. I can't believe people. I mean, and now you can people just did bust that out because a, they could. But you could just bust out like forty-two tracks and merge it into one MP3 file, and it's like, yeah, here's a song I made. You're like, fuck you! <laughs> How fucking dare <laughs> yeah. you do that? Like, there's some audio engineer that's just crying, that's weeping at the the simplicity of it all and it's like oh my god this took me like two years to do like <laughs> and and even other things like making a sound on a, on a synthesizer it used to be that you'd have to order the freaking ships and like solder them to the to your board or at least have cables that connect them all you, have you seen the those original synthesizers that were like a wall in front of the keyboard and they, they had yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. wall just had holes and you had to put to plug in all the cables so you turn the patches on and off and it's like my God, who play? Who, who does? I mean, artists do, but it's just oh, and it, and of course those things go for thousands and thousands of dollars now, and they still work. Hopefully, otherwise you're just. I would buying imagine a they big... still work unless they've been like exposed to rust or something. They pretty much are just going to be consistently good forever, right? Like the the chips. Yeah, the, the chips, chips probably don't go last bad. more than five hundred years, though. Well, okay, yeah, they they may eventually time glue. will catch up with them, but I mean like. A normal human lifespan, as long as you're not, like, rough oh, yeah, with it, yeah. that thing's going to last yeah. you your entire life. You're not making a bad investment. You're just making a a, a questionably expensive one. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's why people that's why people who buy old stuff sometimes talk about it. Like, I'm now going to be the guardian for the next few years or a few 10, 10 years or something. for Because, you know, the old stuff is meant to outlast us if we collect it. Or at least, well, depends on the person, I suppose. I don't I own just anything want... old because I'm not rich, but if I did, I would I'd... buy something that, that would uh, outlast me for sure. I, I'm i not sure I would probably... I, I think I always think about buying old stuff or getting old stuff and trying to Thessius ship it where I would just kind of remove the organs and keep the chassis. Um Oh, you're you a, know, like, a restore person. You, 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 yeah, you like I would rather restore. restore. Not restore, I, uh, like rescue, I think is the, the term. Yeah. Restore like, would like be, my, yeah. Like my grandparents have this uh, compactor. It's like a trash compactor. And it's like the size of, I don't know, like it'd be like the size of a normal trash can. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a, a little bit thicker uh, in the back because it has, you know, a motor and stuff in it. But this thing has been consistently running like it has been a consistent working piece of technology for like 45 years now and it's like they've had it basically since they've had their first home and it still works like it still works and they're finally at the it was like the point where like they're gonna move soon and they're like oh i don't think we're taking it with us i think it's i think we're finally we don't need it anymore and i'm like I've been sitting here like kind of debating like, man, I think I might take it and I might like, mm. I think I might just try to restore it because I know it's old. Like you can hear that it's not running as good as it should be, but 
it works so to to old people it's just like well if it ain't broke don't fix it and you're like okay well yeah but i also don't want to make it sound like i'm killing hundreds of robots at a single time every time i press mm -hmm. the start button um but it's but like it's still good it still works it's so solid and like and it's a good piece of old technology you look today it's like oh how much would it cost to buy a modern version it's like well it's got too much stuff can it's got too many features and it's going to cost you like way too much money for the one thing and you want and it's only going to last is, 5 years or something if you're lucky. yeah or and yeah and it's going to last about as long as usually the technology in it will last which is like 2 to 3 years at maximum and by that and time then if you you're want to like, repair okay, it, you can't you can't do it yeah and you can't repair it because yeah. we don't uh, technology you're not allowed to repair anymore you're too stupid stop touching things um and but it's so, not even being allowed it's like it's it's chips it's boards it's like what are you gonna do it's programmed in a way can, that nobody I, can tell sure you can like, i mean there are some it, parts that you can't really touch on yourself but there's a lot of technology now that just consider like consistently is built to not be touched like they, oh yeah, they package yeah. it in such a way that you open it up and it will just fall apart into nothing and you're like, like i don't McDonald's know ice cream machines uh, I don't. That's definitely not the problem with McDonald's ice cream machines. <laughs> you just try. You try to do literally anything with it. It just locks up and says, "Fucking call the guy." Fuck you. Yeah, it's. It, I think that those, just those machines are definitely. Problem. Those machines are definitely a racket. They solely exist yes, so that explicitly. somebody can. Yeah, explicitly a racket. The. Uh, um. But yeah, like so. So it's like it's it's. I don't really care about the internals of this old trash compactor i don't care if it's it has some kind of like you know little wizard living in the engine that works really hard to keep it going it's uh i i want the i want the technology and i'm willing to just like bring it back to whatever it used to be uh, even if that means i have to like change some parts about it so it's smoother like i think if even if i restored it it would still be ungodly loud because I think just the engine that it used by default was a shitty loud engine because it was yeah. from like the fucking fifties and not to diss on the fifties, but they were a little primitive in a lot of their technology. So it's like, they don't have the I mean, there's cool. A, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dissing to do on the fifties. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. But the fifties don't need to be dissed. They, they are the fifties. They know what they did wrong. They don't need to be reminded. They don't. Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> No, that's the people in the there's 50s. Lot, I'm saying there's a lot the, of attempts the, the to return to the 50s. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's yeah. If, that if you want to make it took place? Like... <laughs> good times. Not, good it, times. It, take, it took place like 200 years in the future. No, uh, but it, I, it all. But the world ended in the 50s, right? 27. No, it's 2077. But it, it like it, yeah, Fallout actually weird. doesn't make sense as a setting. It's kind of stupid. No. It's it's definitely stupid. They leaned but, heavy um, on this weird retrofuturist thing, but the apocalypse didn't happen during the era that everything's calling back to, which makes aggressively no sense because the vaults wait, are a are futuristic you... thing that happened in the future. So the actual apocalypse happens in the future, and the apocalypse, 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 post nuclear world that the actual game takes place in is the distant future. But none of at no point is the timeline actually like the era that all of the music and art is from. I am aggressively nodding my head in agreement. Fallout makes no wow. fucking sense. Why? But it's not Fallout that doesn't. It's know. Fallout Three that doesn't. Fallout One and Two were very consistent in that regard. They, they didn't move to the fifties. Yeah, yeah, Bethesda ruined Fallout, I guess, in that way. But it's also like in I many can't. Ways. 
yeah but yeah but that's my uh, that's admittedly one of my favorite parts about fallout is i do enjoy the aesthetic they chose but yeah, yeah. it aggressively contradicts the premise in the way that i didn't even realize till years after i'd played th their games because i just I really it just slots in I, so naturally that it's not until you play like fucking fallout 4 i think where you're like hang on a minute this entire game doesn't make sense and that means yeah, all it's of that makes sense I don't remember the plot of Fallout, Fallout 4, 4, but I always was under the impression that the Fallout, uh, I guess the Fallout um, War was the Cold War. So I just assumed that it took place in the 50s, because when else would you have a Cold War that would that had the threat of nuclear the annihilation? Cold War in the so 80s. The basic premise of of Fallout. No, the Cold War. Well, the Cold War was immediately post World War II, wasn't it? Just like yeah, yeah. So the 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 basic premise of Fallout is that, or the, as a piece of art, oh, yeah, or as a piece of media. Yeah, um, the, the basic premise is that you have a future as imagined by the folks who made comic books back in the 50s. So basically, th that's why the cars are all bul bulbous and round, and why there's robots with one wheel, and why, you know, it's just sort of that sort of Jetsons kind of weird thing. It's not really Jetsons, because Jetsons is 60s, but still, the... Um, the, that's no, the, sort the of retro, Jetsons uh, is the future. <laughs> no, that's the excuse sort of retro you. The Jetsons are the Jetsons are literally take place in the two thousands. In two thousand <laughs> is when the Jetsons take place. The end. So the end of the world came pretty much as we had predicted. Is how it starts Fall of One, and then it continues on to some. Uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? What's the, uh, Keith? Help me out here. Uh, what is the name of the people who think? Um, that we are too much. We have too much population, and that's why people starve to death and and die. Uh, Politicians. Nah, no. There's uh, a name for that. Thanos. Politics. The Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, yeah. What's the name? What's the name for that? Ah, it's like I don't. What is the name? I don't know. What the I, are you talking about? That, that just sounds like doomsdayers. It it's, just sounds like it's a basically typical... the overpopulation. The overpopulation scare, and that is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the that there being a word for it. I think I'm pretty like, sure there's a word, but it's missing. The first thing so, that came uh, to mind was eugenics, but that's just adjacent. It's not actually. Yeah, it's, that. it's adjacent to racism, to imperialism. Eugenics is what comes things. next when they're talking about how the world's too populated and idiocracy is real and so on. And they're like, oh, ah, yeah, well, that I, must mean there's people who more, do more and less deserve breeding, and that's yeah, the problem. Yeah. And that's like stage mm -hmm. two, but I don't know what stage yeah. one's called. So, I don't know yeah, how to pronounce first... this word. Hold on, let me check this up. I think I found it. <laughs> oh, you found it. You found it. Mothusianism. Oh yeah, Malthusianism. I've heard yeah, of that's that. What I it don't... Is. The, the, the view that without moral restraint, the population will increase at a greater rate than its means of subs, uh, subsidence, as proposed by the English economic, uh, econ that sounds economist really dumb. Uh, and, and, very important, clergyman, Thomas Robert Malthus. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's, so, the, yeah, Fall of One specifically starts with that sort of uh, idea. It's a popular idea. A lot of people believe in that. It's, it's a myth. It's not how it works, but and the monster is not how it works. That a lot of people believe in that idea. Maybe it's an overpopulated belief. <laughs> well, because the, the modern is reality ironic. is that we don't. It's not that we don't have enough resources. Is that we fail to distribute them correctly? Partly yes. because we have a world that's organized in a way that incentivizes not doing that. Also, yes. excuse you. How do we not have enough resources? The whole fucking universe out there. Are you telling me we can't we take advantage of a whole universe? In, well, I, I mean, like food. Like we throw out endless food every day. In fall, yeah, we can just and, and we lock just it up because we specifically don't want people to be able to get it that might need it. You can just make food. 
We just we're just in, we just do that. We just grow food. In Fallout One's no defense, the, the, it's it's a throwaway line. It works lyrically, works really well. Or I say lyrically, but like it's it's a nice intro to the thing. It, it's well written, uh, and it's really focusing more on fuel because that's why in 2077, 20, the twenty third of October, I think, at two a.m., the world ends. But before that, the war, the Cold War with Russia had ended, uh, and there were basically a new escalation. There was a new escalation of. Uh, of cold wardness with with China, and that's how the setting of Fallout has uh, things like uh, China Chinese soldiers in in the well, in the East Coast. It doesn't make sense for Chinese soldiers to exist there, but they are there in Fallout Three. Uh, but yeah, the, the Fallout went, uh, sorry, the United States went to war with with China, and then that's how that's how it started. That's how it ended. That seems which, which at the time of recording is is a is a pretty grim thing to be talking about, honestly, because. That seems really stupid. Then the why did we have car? Why do we have shitty cars in the future? And not flying cars. Well, they had specifically uh, gasoline-operated cars into the future. I thought, they, I think I thought they, everything was nuclear-powered in the Fallout universe. No, that's Bethesda not having played Fallout One and Two. They, they didn't play. They just made. Oh, Fallout so in the playing. Fallout One and Two universe, everything was normal except like yeah, because it's that's fun. Like that's the fundamental critique of the system is that they they would rather destroy the entire humanity rather than let go of fuel, or, or of of oil. Uh, like it's the whole story of Fallout One and Two as well is the 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 dependence on petroleum. And and I th I always thought that it was a very important theme of the series. It's not like it, it's not the be all and all for the minute to minute storytelling or even characters and all because you know you're just dealing with people in the wasteland. But the the storyline itself deals with that. It's just the they didn't want to let go of of uh, oil and they blew each other up. Not everybody up, in fact. Uh, but so who gets the oil? In the, in the end, it, uh, there was only like this. The this is spoilers for Fallout Two and for Fallout, but honestly, it's just lore for the newer Fallout. So, uh, basically, what happened is uh, China, uh, and the United States both knew of a specific oil uh, reserve under the Pacific, and uh, they were like, "Oh, who can take care of it and whatnot." Uh, or who can uh, who can explore it and whatever, uh, and there was basically the United States had I think I, there's one specific text in Fallout Two that specific that talks about all this, but basically the United States made a secret oil rig over the that particular reserve, and the China China basically ran out of fuel because there was nothing else, there was no more petroleum, and when they in eventually invaded mainland the U.S. and Alaska. Uh, they lost the war, among other things. They lost the war because their tanks ran out of fuel, which, again, is a very <laughs> thing that... <laughs> they launched the war having already run out of fuel, thinking that their vehicles won't run out of fuel in the war? Yeah. Yeah. What? Also, uh, how did they even get to the fucking... How did they even get to Alaska? How much fuel did they burn just getting here? Well, they, almost all of it. Uh, so yeah, basically. <laughs> what was the best? What are you telling me that that was the best option was to come to the United States? Like Russia's they, right next door. Go invade Russia. They have but oil. But Russia didn't have oil. They didn't have oil <laughs> in Fallout. So, what was Russia doing? Uh, I don't actually. I, they're not mentioned too much. 
This makes zero fucking sense. What the shit? How, how would you? How oh, would you don't going know the across half the Pacific? It. How would going across the Pacific Ocean when you already ran out of fuel be the the optimal solution here? And also, what do you hope to accomplish given the United States, which is a very they have you need oil armor. to get across. You have to use gas to get across the United States. Yeah, yeah. There's no other option. There's you cannot get across a stupid barren wasteland without a car or so a they, plane. Both which take fuel. <laughs> like, yeah, like the thing. What? Like you're, what you're what you're saying makes sense, but it's even uh, your critique, I should say, makes sense. But it's even worse when you think about how this is delivered in the game. And how and what was behind this being delivered in the game? So this happens in Fallout 2. This this is described in Fallout 2. You find in the end base, uh, in the end part of the game, you find a, a text that says this. I'm not gonna spoil Fallout 2, but apart from what I just said, because it's more lore than anything. But it's not related directly to the storyline of Fallout 2. It's just a, sort of a lore book, and it's a lore book that very much feel feels like it was written by not the main writers of the st of, of the. Uh, of the uh, of the game, it's written like uh, I think. There, uh, I'm not sure if the, if it's the one in particular that says the stuff that we're talking about, but there's at least one lore book. There's like there's like three lore books in the last area, and one of them very much feels like it was written just by the first time writer. <laughs> it's just so weird, uh, and just so poorly written, honestly. Um, but the other two are a little bit better. But it feels like they were not main. They were just like, oh, this is this is a funny thing that we're just going to add over here as an Easter egg. And they're going to find out what happens. And so there's 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 mentions of zany things, way zanier things than what I'm referring because I forgot. Uh, I forget the rest. But uh, yeah, it's well, just I mean, weird. this is a like, universe that a... has a patriotic iron giant. So I'm not like I, I it's not that I nah, can't suspend Fallout my 3. disbelief for the <laughs> stupidity. I mean, yeah, it's still Fallout 3, but I'm saying like. I I, it's I, theme, I understand yeah. that Fallout isn't like it's not that it makes sense, but there is something almost comedically stupid about the idea that you've run out of fuel and your best option is to go invade a country which you can't get to without expending pretty much all of the remaining uh, remainder of your fuel. Like why? Yeah, I don't know why 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 wouldn't you invest what so little the resources you had on like creating synthetic petroleum or like trying to find some other or solution besides or using like, nuclear or yeah or any other of the yeah, other or things like that vision or can just do. something but yeah besides yeah. right and this is a nuclear society like literally that's how that's, this world ends so it's not like I'm they saying, didn't have access <laughs> yeah that's why i'm saying like it's the parody behind fallout it's that's the critique it's like look at what happens when you're so dumb that you don't want to stop using oil you blow up the world and obviously it's delivered in a very like it's not if you want to read critiques of uh, petro dependency, you're not going to be playing Fall One and Two. It's not, <laughs> you know, uh, but but you know, it's that's that's the theme. Like, if you want to critique something, you need to make it at least, unless you're like going really deep, you need to make it ridiculous because otherwise it doesn't work, right? Because otherwise people are going to be like, yeah, they were right by hanging on to their petroleum because of whatever other reason that people use to hang on to petroleum. Economic, socioeconomic reasons. That's the one. They always say that. <laughs> well, and and the thing, I think the thing that um, it's weird. That, uh, the the thing that I was saying that this is just delivered in sort of an Easter egg sort of way. It's such an important aspect of build of of the world of Fallout. Like if you want to see, if you want to talk to people about 
the world of Fallout, you're going to have to focus on stuff like this. Not necessarily just this bit, but you're, you're going to have to focus on things. Oh, they had the, the, the United States Army had this, this power armor that, uh, that you know, it was like a, a thing. You had like a, a mech sort of thing. You, we went into the power armor and it, it had like servos and it, you were stronger because of it and whatnot. So you're going to focus on like the lore bits, right? It, it's, if you talk about a game, you're going to focus about the lore. But the, the moment to moment of Fallout 1 and 2 is just not about that. It's just, oh, we went to a place. It was full of lizards. And and, and then this, this fella broke his leg. And then there was this group of farmers that lived underground and all the you know all the side quests that's that's what fallout is i feel i always felt that and i think a lot of people agree with me even if they prefer one or the other it doesn't really matter i think i think every everybody that praises fallout 3 and fallout 4 praise and maybe not as much fallout new vegas but fallout 3 and fallout 4 praises it just for the freedom of going anywhere and finding all these crazy situations like even andrew you you were we uh we were talking in in Discord the other day about how I'm playing Fallout Fallout Three right now and I, I removed all the combat. And it was like, oh, that you you said that doesn't make any sense because that's what people played for. Um, and it, like I th I agree with you. I think so. I think a lot of people play Fallout Three mm -hmm. for for the combat, which is totally valid. I'm, it's not a I'm not trying to when I when I critique a game, I'm not criticizing anybody that plays it plays those games. It's anybody likes whatever games, it's fine. But it's Fallout Three is very much a departure from from Fallout One and Two. It's just you know it's a dungeon crawler. It's it's it's. I think I think it it doesn't strike many people as a dungeon crawler as it would maybe if it came out twenty years before, uh, because back then you had like Ultima Underworld and and uh, Might and Magic and things like that where it was very obvious what you were playing and JRPGs. Stuck with dungeon crawlers. Go a lot into more this than... ruined gas station. Shoot seven ghouls and pick up a bunch of glue. Hope it matters later. Yeah, that's a dungeon crawler. That's um, but the thing is, Oblivion is that. And it, like uh, looking back, I think about this every once in a while, but it's it it still sticks to me that Bethesda was so adamant. They and they designed Fallout Three you know, with this in mind. They were so adamant that Fallout Three was not Oblivion with guns. People were concerned <laughs> that it was going to be Oblivion with guns, which it is, and, and which it is, and Bethesda even talks about it as Oblivion with guns later on, not other, not before the release, and not immediately. Literally, my after. first two Bethesda games were Oblivion and then Fallout Three, and it was a natural fit. Of <laughs> it course, was an easy of transition. Course. And the thing, and, and the, all the reviews were like, "Oh, this game, Fallout Three, uh, it's it's this and this, and in comparison to Oblivion, it does this better, or doesn't this do doesn't do this as good, or whatever." And they compared it to Oblivion, not Fallout One and Two, because obviously it's made for the fans of Bethesda, not for the fans of Fallout. I mean, it is also a little bit for the fans of Fallout at the time. Fallout Three is, I feel, but it's just so misguided because it it does it in the most ham-fisted way possible. <laughs> it's just like, do you like Brotherhood of Steel? Yes, we're gonna put them in this game so the old fans can like it, and then they didn't. They showed that they didn't understand what the Brotherhood of Steel was about. Do you like the Enclave? Oh, the, never mind that they get annihilated at the end of the second game. Uh, now we're gonna put them in this game and also misunderstand what they were all about. Because they were a criticism. It's oh, that's interesting, actually. <laughs> I was gonna say they were a criticism of the government of the United States, but that is, that's not true. Fallout does, Fallout does a, this interesting thing where the literal remnants of the government are not the criticism of the government of the United States, because they they're a fictitious government. The, the new California of the, Republic. 
the, yeah, the NCR is the criticism of the of the government of the United States because they're sort of this rebirth of the old, all the old sort of uh, neoliberal sort of in, what's the word institution? What's the word establishment? That's the one. And Fallout uh, Two like is very ham-fisted about it. Fallout Two tends to be very ham-fisted about a lot of the things, um, but Fallout New Vegas just does it a lot better. Fallout New Vegas it is genius in so many regards but the way it treats the ncr is just chef's kiss i feel like there's not a good form of government in any fallout game literally ever they're, they're I, always all yeah. bad choices there's no you well, can, like anybody I mean, who shows up a great like, government they probably wouldn't have like you know the world it is <laughs> I I, I just meant the like what? every time I interact with somebody in a Fallout game is like I have a plan to fix this. It's like this is a terrible plan. What are you doing? What do you and consider like every, government though? Uh, government what? is a way to uh, it in, is a way to mm -hmm. unify people in a collaborative effort of survival. Like, okay, so the I think idea Fallout, is, yeah, I think there are governments like that, but they're a lot more localized, spe specifically the vaults. And of course, you know, you can argue because well, the vaults know, are you, also bad because it creates bubbles and they're they're not they well, never interact in with there. other people. But, but and half there. the vaults were just literally evil. Yeah, half yeah, the vaults were, like, but there's there's some well, vaults that well, every are, vault that was are more... an experiment anyways, but like that's not every the point. vault. Not every vault. Oh Most yeah, of right. Them there, there was that one vault that didn't that had nothing. I think there's it was a, just a I think there's, there's a, a there's a placebo vault. No, I'm pretty sure there's a few. Like at least the way Fallout 2 describes it, because it's in Fallout 2 that you find out that that uh, uh, about that that thing. Uh, but it, at least originally they meant there's some vaults being being uh, an experiment or being quirky. But, uh, but like the if I tell you like in my story there's this village where everybody is nice to each other and they choose their representative every year and there's no problems whatsoever by their government. Like, I'm by definition creating a good government in my story, but that's obviously unrealistic because, <laughs> you know, I'm just bypassing all the problems of creating a good government. I'm saying that it's good. Uh, and Fallout does that in regards to the vaults. And I think in regards to some of the cities in, in Fallout 2 specifically, um, Modoc uh, comes to mind as being a fairly idyllic place in regards to its local government. Uh, and again, it's it's very localized, so it's just a town, and and the government is very uh, dispersed, and and people just hang out and and do their thing. Uh, not that there's not wrong things about the city, but th like I think if you're referring to the big organizations like NCR or the Legion or uh, the Brotherhood of Steel, yeah, that everything is bad because it's you know that's the fun. If you're gonna make a, a big power thing, you're not gonna make them the good guys. You're gonna make them tyrants so that you can fight them in the face a little, at least. Hmm. And then their tanks run out of fuel. And they go in and ask the police to see if they have fuel to give them. And then they get arrested like chumps. It's. It is just odd that. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, you know, at some point, that's kind of the whole point. Like, you can't have. There can't be any. There can't be anything uh, good or successful in a Fallout game because then that would defeat the entire premise, which is that. It's supposed to be a game where you, uh, you know, yeah. deal with the failures of society in every mm -hmm. in, in like in like isolated ways or small little condensed ways, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like you have to Fallout deal with like four hurts my brain. Well, Fallout Four uh. is a little bit of an outlier in 
uh, the group here at some at some level. There's just a lot in. Well, it's Fallout just like is... you get you get to the major choices near the end, and it's like they have they can't even begin to think that you might like <clears throat> explore and interrogate what's going on and want to make choices along the way. It's literally just pick a faction and then play their linear quests with no choices along the way, or have a fail completely all at once out of the entire faction choice like you either <laughs> literally do everything they want you to do all the way through and there's no choices or you like shoot one of them once and you fail the entire faction and then you default back to like the railroad or something or the uh or preston and that's the role playing supposedly that's but outstanding much it's a I... it's a horrible game when but, you compare uh, it to volume uh, vegas what... it's such a huge step backwards <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 embarrassing. It's they unbelievable. They, they're they're chasing the specter of uh, of somebody else's take on their game, and they can't, and they do it so poorly that they only regress with each sequel to the point where seventy six happens. But no, that what's what's so frustrating though is that we see the most large scale organized civilization place out of any of the three D uh, uh, fallouts to some extent. I guess maybe New Vegas might have been more, uh, but like. That city is like a lot in like what is it Boston or something in uh, in four? I don't remember where the fuck it's set anymore. But like it's North Carolina, like that West place. Virginia. That place is such. I thought West Virginia was the meme place from seventy six. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, Boston. You're know. right. Fallout four. Yeah, is I think Boston. four might be Boston, which is the same setting as three, isn't it? No, uh, three is in Washington, Maryland specifically. Oh. The uh, it's the east, all those all these East Coasts. Yeah, uh, but like you see that big city and you got like I'm a reporter. That's my job. Like they're on the level where they have reporters and private investigators as like career choices. That's that's the level their civilization is on. But it's all made of like scrap garbage and rust poop. <laughs> like the, the whole city is trash and like they fundamentally cannot imagine a setting. And it's so deeply frustrating Cause like yeah, you go into Red Rocket at the very beginning of the game. Like this, is like the first structure you see practically when you start playing Fallout Four, and you emerge into the apocalypse world. And Red Rocket just is a currently yeah, that's a lot. It's just a currently uh, running like diner. That person just works there every day, and they're making a living, all right. And there's just skeletons in the booths. From the apocalypse? Oh no, they freaking like they skele did, plastic skeletons. Like they didn't clear out the skeletons. And like they've seemingly been working there forever, and like there's this whole stupid gameplay thing where you you fight you pick up 500 stupid pieces of glue and duct tape from all the pointless dungeons that don't go anywhere, and they're so devoid of context that the enemies are literally randomized from playthrough to playthrough. That's how little those places are like designed to content. Most of the world is just pr pr practically procedurally generated garbage. Uh, you, and they, they created a, a, a hoarding mechanic where you pick up all the stupid glue and duct tape and glass and shit so that you can then mulch it in like it it's like prey but bad where you're supposed to try to mulch it all into like i made beds i made walls wow i'm building outposts for these villagers but like it's not a simulation so you can just like build a treehouse and then put 17 75 beds in that treehouse and then delete the ladder and that'll have enough bedding for everyone in the entire civilization forever and they never have to be able to reach their beds or like have like the sim city simulation of like this is where i work and this is where my bed is like it's never like oblivion you're not like the the, the, the they're not generating ai to like interact with the setting in any way you're just putting clutter everywhere and it's up to you to care about making it look like like make sense as a layout 
but it can never make sense ultimately because everything you make even though you're making it looks like it went through the apocalypse <laughs> like it's oh, all no, rusty and garbage yeah. and chipped and obliterated like every everything you craft in all of your bases in fallout 4 looks like something you found in fallout 4 like and it's like <laughs> i made it though why is the paint fucked up why is this board why are all the walls I made I place made of corrugated rusted steel? It's like, aren't we smelting this shit? I made this out of 75 napkins. Why does it look like I just found it in someone's basement? <laughs> yeah. It's... The the entire setting of Fallout 4 is infuriating all the way through. It's just such a, it's thing... so frustrating on top of being a bad RPG and not a very good shooter and so on. The thing about the village creation to me, as somebody who has experience with a creation kit. Uh, what do they call it? They probably call it some other pretentious nonsense. Like a level uh, editor, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I made some mods for Oblivion back when Oblivion came out. So I know how their workflow works. And it, they, they the, their own team were, uses that. Obviously, they have more tools for, for asset viewing and editing and work workspaces and whatnot. But the level editing is is it's pretty... It's not, it's not clunky in the sense that you know, if, as a game, it is super clunky, clunky. But when you're making a game, when you're making anything professional, you want a lot of freedom, a lot of capacity to tweak everything. So it doesn't do anything for you. Uh, not that it couldn't do, but it, the level editor doesn't like easily snap assets together. You can you can add snap points uh, yourself. I think uh, some assets already have them. But if you're making like, do you know all the do you know the um, in in Oblivion? How if you touch anything, I think in, in Fallout 3 is the same thing. Yeah, it's definitely the same thing. If like there's a table full of food on, on top of it and you touch anything on the table. You touch one thing food... and everything else moves and levitates. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason why that is, is because when you enter a room or when you load the game, uh, every item, whether the, the item has physics or doesn't, every item is set as it is in the level creator. So you can go into the level creator and you have complete freedom of setting everything properly. Like the candles on or the food on a, a table you can just set it like it's touching the table and it's lovely but then the physics the physics uh the mesh and all that because it's very computationally intensive uh well it wasn't for the computer but they had to dumb it down for the three uh, xbox 360 uh because it's very computationally intensive the physics calculation they basically have these big collision things so they nothing ever touches anything in in oblivion or skyrim uh it's just it's all ever so slightly far away because it's, it's just a way to simplify collision. Uh, and that's what happens. All of a sudden, the table that was set in the creation kit now is set in your game physics. And everything is floating around and doing weird nonsense. Um, and and the freedom to make everything just as you like, it's very important in a level editor. But what they did in Fallout 4 is they brought the level editor wholesale. Uh, it's actually a lot worse than in the actual level editor because in the level editor you have a toolbar and you have a find certain button and all the things and in the game you have to control it with a keyboard or in mouse or with a controller so it's worse but they basically have the the level editor put into the game and it's so obvious that it's that <laughs> it's they didn't make a, le a, a because you know if you think about it if you're gonna imagine you're designing fallout 4 and from the beginning you think okay i want a shooter where you have a dog and you talk to a bunch of people and you can make villages and have villagers there that defend against raiders. Let's do that. Now tell me that this isn't going to be equal part a villager simulation and a shooter. 
That, tell me that you're not going to al allocate people to make something like City Skylines or something like that, or not City Skylines, but what I mean, like a, the Sims sort of level design where it all snaps and it's all very obvious and you can just delete and it's you get mouse control, all that, all that sort of good gameplay. But no, in in in, you're, in in Fallout 4, you're literally pointing at what where you want with a bed and then it's rotating all janky and then it's clipping through the wall because it's just a level editor. And then, of course, you can make a, a treehouse because the level editor doesn't have mechanics to detect if a city is logical. So, of course, they're not going to have that in the game because I, I have heard, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard people say that they basically, uh, they, uh, they, they uh, put the, the town editing very late in development into the game. Uh, and then when they saw that everybody loved it, uh, in Fallout 4, the the players loved it. They just decided to make it into a full game, uh, which is Fallout. I can't 76. help but think that Bethesda's audience is just really used to at this point having like just incoherent video games to play, <laughs> because like <laughs> the games so famously are modded so extremely, and like that that almost never makes sense as a gameplay experience, like the series of <laughs> mods that people download to alter the game. Like it just becomes this weird incoherent mess. where just strapping on a bunch of mechanics that don't play together and, and just doing that endlessly is just like the goal seemingly. And it's like, I, I guess you can do that, but like it, it like most of the mods I've seen are essentially like they're either cosmetic stuff or they're the equivalent of like the, the level at the, the base editor from uh, Fallout 4, where it's just like, it does not actually meaningfully interact with the rest of the game all that much. It's just like this weird vestigial thing that you can nonetheless become obsessed with if you want to do that all day, but it doesn't like, I don't know, it's not like Darkwood or some shit where like the game has like a series of mechanics that all interplay in a way that, you know, a designed experience should. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's a re it's a remnant of uh, being a big team. The, the the people developing the game is big, and it, they they work, or at least they used to work um, back when Fall Three was made. Uh, they worked in very old school kind of ways that weren't really fit for big productions. So you can tell that there's there's a lot of inefficiencies and sort of people pushing in different directions. I think Fall Three really really shows that that specifically in in the quest development and and the writing because it's so inconsistent like you have things you have things that are obviously is, is there a like is there an example that you can point to that they've ever made in, consistency I, I always think in skyrim it's more consistent than in uh oh well their latest game i suppose uh, i think it is more consistent than in fallout 3 i didn't play fallout 4 so i played it for a little bit only um so uh I can't really talk about it, but in uh, if I compare, if I compare Skyrim to Fallout Three, and even to Oblivion, but more to more so for to Fallout Three, uh, I can I think Skyrim is more is more of a uh, you you don't find you don't find side quests as often in in Skyrim that clash with each other that are sort of the difference between. Um, let me think. In Fallout 3, for example, there's this this one quest that has to do with you saving a town from the attacks of super mutants. And it's it's clearly like 
it's, it's a simple quest. It's not a very difficult quest. It's basically going to a town and they tell you, oh, we have people that were kidnapped. Go there and save them. And you go there and save them. And then when you come back, you get attacked by super mutants and they say, and then you save them and it's it's good. It's simple. But the, the way it's developed in that particular quest, you have you have tiny details and you see the path from the town to the to the uh to that particular uh the place where they were kidnapped at and whatnot like it's all it's it you can tell if you pay close attention the game isn't very obvious at it which means it's not particularly well designed but at least it's you can tell if you play pay close attention that it was designed with with things like the player seeing the mutants from afar and uh being capable of of uh seeing the devastation that they make on the way there and there's mines and whatnot and like and then on the way, the way people talk, it's inconsistent with each other. And you can tell, hmm, there's something going on. And then there is something going on. Uh, like, the game doesn't really address it full on. But it's like these little details of that you can pay. If you're critical of what you're... When I say critical, I don't mean if you don't like what you're seeing. But if you are critical of what you're seeing and you analyze it critically, you can tell in advance that things are going to happen. It's fun. But then, like, there's the, the, there's the quests where you just have to collect... Uh, what is it? I think it's uh, sugar bombs or whatever. It's this this two hundred year old uh, breakfast cereal that exists all over the wasteland, and you have to collect twenty of it. And then you go there, and the, the dude is very well written. I, 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 it's one of my favorite characters, honestly. Very well voice acted as well. Um, but the mission is the blandest stuff you can have, right next to a fairly complicated mission that is just bonkers and doesn't make any sense. It's the vampire mission that does not make sense because it was. I, I think they wrote it in different days. They wrote half of it on Friday and then the other half on Monday. I bet that's what it was. Because like, and then there's plastic skeletons with red paint all over the place, which just adds to the thing. <laughs> Red skeleton. Literally all of the flesh is gone because this thing has been skeletonized and fucking sandblasted and shit. But also it still has blood. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that one, That's I'm talking about it. I'm now remembering. It's the can vampire qu can that quest. Happen? Can, can you stain bones? No. Uh, I think is there a reason you can't? Is there a reason you can't? No, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure there's like a Not chemical like fucking game. slurry you can put them in or whatever. Yep. But I mean, like your body, if your body could stain the bones with its insides, it would probably do that when they're in it. Yeah. <laughs> your bones would be for yeah, years. That's true. <laughs> uh, the, okay. That particular so vampire it... quest, there's um, the, it starts out with uh, it can start out in multiple multiple ways. It's a well-designed quest. It's just not well-written. But um, it start it can start out in multiple ways. You go up to you can go up to a, a ta uh, townhouse, and you find two plastic skeletons on the floor, and there's red paint, and you're like, "Hmm, this is bad." Um, and uh, and then you go talk to the the town uh, villager or town leader or whatever, the dude that tried to kill you when you got in, incidentally. But he's the town leader, and you talk to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, um, th th those people all they were dead all of a sudden." Um, and uh, their son hasn't been the same since. And when we found them dead, there wasn't a, a single drop of blood. They, they they didn't have a single drop of blood in them. And they had two punctures in their uh, necks. I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, very... It's not well written. But That's impressive um, they have the technology to, like, but know the, the, that there's no blood left. So right... Uh, the, yeah, as well. But right away, the game is telling you that, that there was no blood. <laughs> and they had no blood in them. 
and they were actually plastic skeletons in their houses and there was blood on the floor, which doesn't make sense, but that's all right. You know, it's a video. You don't play. No, it's, it's all right. The problem with that quest is that at the end, at the very end, when you confront the killer, the killer says that uh, he ravaged, uh, that he, um, he specifically says that he, he, that he killed his, uh, his victims uh, in a, in a, in a non-vampire, non-vampiric way, which, and made blood. And then, which already, again, contradicts that bit. But the thing is, the only reason why... He, uh, I'm, I'm spoiling the quest if I say that. There's another problem with that. Basically, it means that he wouldn't have had to kill those people. Uh, it's like, that quest is so full of holes, it's unbelievable. And it's, it lasts for like half an hour. It's well designed. I mean, it lasts for half an hour if you skip all the combat. <laughs> Otherwise, it lasts for an hour and a half. Because then you have to repair your guns and look for ammo. And there's more rats and... Uh, I just love it when you rant about something for a very long time, but then you always have to pepper in tiny little compliments that are really hard to believe in the larger context of everything else you're saying. You're like, is it though? Is I, it I mean it though. What I was mean the it. game I... we were talking about recently where you were like, you were like kind of praising it and I just was like, really the one that has does that and that and that and that? And you're like, oh, vampire, where I'm just like, are you sure it's not just yeah. trash? Because here's all the reasons it's trash. And you're like, I agree with all of those things. I'm like, so, so it's... So it's trash then. Uh, you <laughs> so it's you a, played vampire. So it's you know a bad, it's poopy, good. bad game. You know that it's good. You played vampire, no, right? No, that game was like unredeemable. <laughs> what the fuck oh, was really? good about vampire? I mean, I remember you said like you 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 insist that the ending is like the best written thing ever or something, which I can't even remember the ending. It did not stick. I, no. But the entire world and systems and how any of it works was just all unredeemably bad. It's a vampire game that frames everybody as a moral choice of whether or not you should eat people and so on. But then it, and like, it, it's, it's oh, the way you, I'm not only is the way you level yeah. up, but also every single enemy, like they're like, here's the, here's this guy's tragic backstory. And here's why this guy's a shithead and fuck that guy. And it's, and if you kill, and if you kill X number of people though, oh my God, the entire district might collapse. So you gotta be really choosy about who you might consume as a vampire. You know, your unquenchable vampire thirst, that's the premise of the game and then the game's like oh yeah in order to get the good ending you have to never vampire anybody it's like what that's the game <laughs> though it's like saying if it, to get the good ending in pathologic you never like mix a drug <laughs> or, or, or like loot a if you loot a single trash can in pathologic you get the bad ending and it's like what the fuck what, what do yeah, you think would, path, how do you think similar, you yeah. how do you think you yeah. play pathologic I uh, for a moment there, I thought you were talking about Vampire Bloodlines, and that's why I was a little no. bit confused. No, uh, Vampire yeah, Bloodlines is just horrible combat. Yeah, and yeah, but uh, vamp I agree with you on Vampire. I, I think it's like um, va I think Vampire is very well written most of the time, and when it isn't, <laughs> what is glass it, it, but tortured sand? <laughs> but oh when God. it isn't, it's it's it spoils the rest. The thing is, if you can ignore those bits. The stuff that's well written is really well written. I I wish like it's I a game can see where that all team... the major choices in the game are confusing prompts they that are. are one word each, and you can't tell what any of them mean. Yeah, and yeah. then the core mechanical choice is a thing they tell you to just not engage with, or you're a bad person. Like they yeah. didn't. I I I literally like forced myself to pretend it was a cooler game. By just making myself have a quota where I had to eat X number of people per district minimum 
because otherwise you just don't vampire in the vampire game and the entire dilemma and half of the mechanics of the game are completely irrelevant and never engaged with and it's just another boring open world game where you just do some quests and then it's over i was astonished I, by that game coming out in the state it did but i shouldn't be that surprised because it's the people that made li life is strange i think oh that might explain why it's well written then <laughs> Or at least why the thing is, I can see that it's written by people who have written before, which is a step above a lot of games. Uh, but I, I really do think that each vampire should have had a, a different game director, somebody who uh, saw things as you are seeing and saw the shortcomings of a lot of the decisions, not least of which the way the dialogue tree works, the way you are allowed to talk to people about different things. It should be like it's not about rewriting things. It's it's just about in user interface and and like design principles behind the game. And so what I'm seeing, what I'm what I mean is, I can see that team making an amazing game. It doesn't have to be about vampires. I can see they, them using the same talent that they have for cinematography, for uh, world. The art direction is incredible. For sound direction is incredible. Like there's the technical, including the writing and the art, the technical and artistical merits of that game are really really strong a lot of the time like 80 to 90 percent of the time admittedly the other 20 or 10 percent does spoil the rest but so i i'm, I'm not gonna fault anybody Some, for and sometimes the the worst parts are the most important parts of the entire game true. and you're like oh fuck yeah that's right i don't even that's understand what the fuck they were thinking with like the the prompts that you get at the major turning points of each plot line where it's like it, it feels like L.A. Noir when you find out that they took that they developed the game with X meaning press and then they changed it to doubt, which has a completely different connotation, but they'd already finished the game. And so it, you literally have a better time playing the game if you just like mentally replace doubt with press because doubt is a baffling prompt that doesn't make sense basically ever when you're trying to play the game and you don't really know what it even means and it just leads to yeah, your guy weird. yelling at people and snapping at them you're like what the f i just oh i just you said you said your three options you gave me rockstar or not rockstar but the people that made it that got overworked and then died or whatever uh, there's like the <laughs> one button says i think this the, the buttons were doubt truth and lie i think so it's like that's this one means i think you're telling the truth this one means i think you're lying and this one thinks i means i doubt you and it's like no it means press as like fucking go aggro on them basically and they never explain that because they changed the word and like yeah the major choices in vampire it's they say completely baffling words that you don't know the meaning of or context for and then you get morally judged for picking them and i'm like i didn't know what the choices were they were all mm -hmm. one word and confusing yeah yeah, I you're right. You're absolutely right. I I cannot say that you. I, Are you saying your sense. heart didn't know? <laughs> you should always. No, I'm just saying you should always be able wants to follow your heart. Wants. <sighs> I I'm just saying that if you, it's a diamond in the rough, in the very rough. Where you, and you get the proper <laughs> experience after you've already beaten the entire game and can decode what it was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, make your own fun like with Oblivion mods. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> I would say that combat from Fallout Three. I like games. I would say that like the. That's yeah, I hmm. agree. Sorry, Andrew. No, I just think, I think at that point, diamond in the rough is more like saying, yeah, there's, there is a diamond here of like there's a, 
No, never mind. It's too much, too conv convoluted now. <laughs> but, but you're going for no, an analogy, I, basically. I was going to, yeah, but then I realized that I didn't need to say that, and just like <laughs> that's not worth my time. If a if, if it's a diamond in the rough, then at some point I have to be willing to say like, no, I actually don't feel like digging in trash today. I just want to play something that is <laughs> both good on the outside and on the inside. Fair, like, fair. Uh, I the thing is like. I think I think there's a lot more value in uh, and, and obviously if, if you if people are not interested in playing diamond in the rough games it's fair because they're rough uh they're or they are in the rough is the rough like the floor or something like the rough is the diamond in the wall or diamond in the floor or is it I think they mean thing. that it's an uncut diamond it's yeah. rough hmm. so uncut diamonds you, you got to like find shit. them cleavage not... planes yeah, they're not mm. like you would if you just go and grab a piece of diamond, it doesn't look very nice. You're not going to put that on a necklace. It looks like shit. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to polish a diamond. You have to like take time and make it look good, even though it's still worthless. And then you give it to yeah. some, you know, it's like that. That's a. That's your diamond. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what I was going to say is that I value a lot more a diamond in the rough kind of game than then some I was trying to I was trying to look for the game that I I was thinking of. There's this game that uh, I played last year that was mind numbing in how bad uh, it was like uninspiring. Not not necessarily bad. It wasn't a bad game. It was just like a three out of five kind of game. Uh, but a lot of people liked it a lot. And uh, I don't, I don't three like out of five <laughs> is pretty bad. But it, like if it's polished, like 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 it's a, an Assassin's Creed is a three out of five. I don't care about that. I yeah, care about a vampire. You're just, you're, yeah, you're only perpetuating what I think. It's like scores are bad. Game. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, sorry, four out of three. Scores are bad and stupid. No, yeah, but I'm I'm using the three, the five. Uh, I'm gonna give a two out of ten to that statement you just made. Dang it. <laughs> a C out it's of just sixty. Like there's, there's games that are that you would potentially score lowly because they're just like. Fucking blah-ass trash games that just aren't interesting. And then people make mm -hmm. the excuse, like, not everything has to be good or whatever. And I'm like, weird yeah, life, that, I think that's a life good, recipe. And then other stuff is argument. just, like, hyper-inspired, super interesting, weird shit that is, like, really rough to, like, get yourself into or whatever. Like, Pathologic 1 or something. Like, Pathologic, yeah. But I think that's a good argument. You just said it. Like, not everything has to be good. And I think if that's used as a defense of the games that you're playing... Uh, it's not, I, I don't, like, I, I really don't think that we should play games that we think are good only because they, we think are good. Like, we should accept that sometimes we like bad games, and that makes us better at understanding what is good in a game. Because it's more, mm -hmm. it's it's less about what we like, and more about... I think it also solves the problem, like, if if, if a game is a good game, then you're done. But you cannot That's like it. a good game. I don't like, I don't like you, the objectivity there's a, there's a versus between... subjectivity argument there, where it's like... If this thing, I'm going to say this thing I love is bad because there's some weird abstract separation between things I like and things that are good. And it, and, the, and it's like this weird, like, like I'm going to be vaguely ashamed of the things I like or I'm going to like begrudgingly claim something is good that I hate or whatever. It's like, no, <laughs> you should be able to just no, say that something's but, good or bad and people should understand that that's what opinions are. And also that there isn't really anything better than opinions either. But that's what I'm saying, though. Vampire. I like Vampire. And I'm vaguely ashamed, as you put it, uh, of, <laughs> of, of this thing that I like. And and I, I accept that uh, games that I don't like are good. 
like I there's it seems almost too uh too idealistic to believe that there is no such thing as unequivocally bad or factually bad things. But you can uh, like the bad though. And I'm not saying you can't. There is no there's no rule that you can't like a bad thing, but you can't tell me it's not bad. That's what that's my that is my hinder that's like that's my hang up. You can't tell unless, me that something that I'd is bad. Somebody make their bad. big two hour video essay like breathlessly arguing about how much they love the thing than being like roll over on expose their belly oh, all the things i love are bad and trash and everyone else is right and uh, no, no fucking just go for it <laughs> no i no, think he... i think even that would not be enough of an apology for like zero escape like i think people need to <laughs> like you need like i don't know some kind no, of because you're mixing yeah. you're mixing aspects of a game with a game itself as a whole like just because the game is really pretty and you like really pretty things it doesn't mean the rest of the game is good, and it doesn't mean you need to accept that the rest or need to defend that the rest of the game is good. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, there. Just, I, for some, that's the thing. It's like person, you can. I don't think one one aspect one aspect of a thing doesn't make it good. Good is yeah. Like I think good Ghost of Tsushima looks pretty, I guess, but that doesn't make me want to even try to say the game's good or play it again. Yeah, like fair? Earth is good. It's a planet people can live on, but there's people living on it. That makes it bad. Like it, but <laughs> no, ignore, obviously the planet is still, the people. Yeah, yeah, but like I, but I'm saying like that, and that doesn't make Earth and like un like factually bad because there's people on it. It makes it not great. It lowers its score overall as a planet that I'd want to live on, but it's still a good planet at the end of the day. It's got clean water. It's got some breathable air. Pretty good planet, I'd say. Uh, and games yeah, can be the same way. Sometimes it has clean water. Sometimes well, I mean, has, <laughs> well, again, the people are the bad part that lower the value because they also destroy the water and the air and the other things. But I'm saying that, like, on the foundation, foundationally speaking, the Earth is a pretty good thing. Uh, and games can be like that. You can play a game that on its foundation, it looks great. It runs smoothly. It has, you know, interesting mechanics. And then every time someone opens their mouth, it sounds like a pterodactyl being burnt alive. And you're like, OK, well. This is kind of a negative. It might be a little hard to get through the storyline when everyone sounds like that. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the entire game is bad because there's this one element you don't like of it. Inversely, I think just because there's some element that's of the game that is good, like, hey, man, this landscape is breathtaking. Just don't look at literally everything else of the game. Let's just talk about how good it looks. That doesn't make it a good game. That, that, is, a, that is a very nice looking piece of shit. But it's still a piece of shit at the end of the day. Um, I think that's to me that is the important. I don't care about like the what you like. What you like is irrelevant to anything. It's just that is that is just how you will get through life is either liking or disliking things, and it has no real basis to me at all about the quality of something. Um, I think it's important to mention it though. If you're saying I, I, if you're saying this game is really good because I really like its open world. That's important. Like it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that um that it, your opinion doesn't matter for people who don't like open world games, but it informs the other person that uh your perspective is coming at it from a different angle. Maybe you like uh like you you like the open world of Fallout 3, but I say um Fallout 3 is really good because I really like its gun mechanics. And all of a sudden, you're, you're not talking about the same thing, even though you're both agreeing that the game is good. 
you know what I mean? It's like the liking does change your perspective, I think. The liking is informed by the experience anyway in the game. Yeah. You're still mm -hmm. reacting yeah. to the same piece of art in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I got some rants I could go on about Elden Ring. Boo, spicy. <laughs> oh, yeah? Non-spoiler. I, I have to be all careful about it and all that because I'm not going to talk about a single boss or location or mechanic or anything except for the fact that crafting exists, I guess. But, uh... And there's yeah. a boss with wow. feet. Way to ruin there's it. A boss that has, Shit. There's a boss that has feet. I'm over it. That's it. Canceled my playthrough. Uh, I'm not playing a game boss. that I know. <laughs> not the feet boss. What? Don't spoil people. The internet can't wait. Put it on <laughs> that boss goes on a wiki <laughs> Do they put a video game? I don't know what the fuck wiki feet is. What are the rules? Do they put video <laughs> game characters on there? The um So as expected, open world is a questionable choice. Uh Mm. Um, <laughs> there's definitely it's definitely an interesting open world and in that like there's no quest log and you're not constantly following like specific waypoints that are like literally like go in this direction for 65 meters and you'll arrive at the next piece of bullshit where somebody monologues at you for 10 minutes because that's how open world games are is just fucking endless fucking boring ass mono like uh monotone dialogue by underpaid or under trained <laughs> voice actors that are very difficult to maintain your attention on and then you just kind of like do the same three quests over and over again and that's the entire video game basically like the entire world open world genre is a fucking nightmare so by comparison this is a breath of fresh air because it still has the whole like dark souls npcs set up where like you, they're sparse and they're not going to sit there and talk for 10 minutes and that you're interacting with the environment on some level potentially and that you can probably kill them at least uh there's there's one guy that will talk to you and 50 other people that will stab you in the fucking back if you if <laughs> need so much as look at them is basically how the dark souls open world works <laughs> like it's, it's interesting to explore the world because there are genuine discoveries to be made all over the place like you'll just be like you'll just kind of just go on a slight tangent and then kind of like end up falling practically into like a cave or something that is like it's an own entire thing with its own like internal like ecosystem of, of dudes that are in there probably ending with like a boss fight or something and there are like entire surprise encounters that have this like weight to them of like what the fuck is happening here how did i stumble into this and like all this shit's going on and there's like a lot of moments where you're like you like crest over a ridge and you'll just see like the entire next region all at once with no warning and it's just there's just something up with it like you see it you're like what the fuck am i getting myself into like and you'll like you'll there's on a regular basis in my first 10 hours i've had like encounters of various kinds that like re made me reevaluate what i expected from the game and what i was going to be encountering and so on and so like in that way it's a well-crafted open world that rewards and encourages curiosity and exploration and all that but as far as what i said before yeah it's not dark souls like the map like I've been I've gotten really annoying arguments with this already, basically, because there's a, the, like people being like, just just think of it as big Dark Souls. I'm like, no, that's not what things like. That's not what words mean. Like in in a game like in the like when you go through upper upper, De upper end Deadburg and so on, like e in Dark Souls one, like every single encounter along the way is a different group of enemies. They slowly layer in entirely new enemies, but also the existing enemies are remixed into different configurations so that each individual fight is a different group of enemies like. But then, like, the environment itself is informing the fight. So, like, when you first press, when, when you first get into that area of Upper Denberg that's going to lead to the bonfire, that giant dragon comes cruising through. 
and then there's two guys that are directly in front of you but then there's another guy behind the boards of the, the like the like the the, the the barricade or whatever that'll come breaking out when you start the fight and there's another archer there's an archer up on the ledge that's shooting down at you guys and it's like that's a unique encounter that happens right there and nowhere else in the game like that's a specific thing and there's like tr there's tricks and surprises where it's like okay i'm gonna fight these two guys and maybe if you're really observant you notice the archer up top so you gotta watch out for the incoming projectiles and then right when you start the fight fuck you fourth guy comes out from behind like just bursting out of the barricade and like you have to reevaluate on the fly now how you're gonna handle this fight or you're gonna die and like the bridge after the bonfire is people throwing like firebombs at you and stuff like that like and like there's all these different encounters all throughout the whole thing like that thing is a set piece after set piece after set piece thing elden ring is a bunch of fields and like exploration wise there's definitely an experience of like oh look here's cliffs over here and like what's going on over there and you'll keep encountering weird new interesting things and you'll dig into a particular crevice and find a whole fucking civilization hiding down there and stuff like that but like map wise it is just a big field and sometimes the field is a swamp and sometimes the field is a desert or something i don't know i haven't seen a desert <laughs> uh but like the biomes change but it's like minecraft where it's like it's just a big open place and you can explore it but that experience that you're used to from bloodborne and stuff like that like the opening areas of bloodborne and so on like those aren't happening <laughs> that is not like you might eventually find a castle or something that is like feels like you're in Boletarian Palace all of a sudden and it's this one really tight area and it's like a a segment that feels like it's from another Dark Souls game but the connective tissue that that is the open world is just this massive expanse of just roads and things to find and just like enemies that are just kind of spammed everywhere like I've had the same encounter with a pack of wolves like 10 times now <laughs> and it's just the same pack of wolves they just kind of there's just wolves sometimes like in Skyrim and like an area will be populated by certain enemy types and some of them will be walking around and some of them will be patrolling and some of them will be uh, hanging out and waiting for you to like wake them up or aggro them or something. But like it, it is not that tightly paced, incredible setup that is like Dark Souls level design. It is basically the same encounters spawning over and over again. And frankly, I think the majority of players will just like ride past them <laughs> like you'll just run i think I, I can't even imagine what it's like to play elden ring and not be the kind of person that's basically just running from most of the fights like until you actually get to like a place you're trying to like clear or defeat in some way because the world is just endless enemies that you that like i you'll be here all day doing nothing if you sit here and fight all these guys and if you and then if one of them gets a lucky shot on you they'll all respawn because you'll die and then you're like why am i doing this uh so that's like that part's a bummer just because like i there's there's parts of this where i'm like yay it's a new from software game and i'm getting the proper experience and that's all great and so on uh but there's also parts of me that are like i'm not but it's not like i'm like i'm not like re-exploring uh new yarnum or something the way that like i kind of was when i just played bloodborne psx the demake of bloodborne like that exploration where you're trying to unpack this really dense and beautiful uh beautifully designed environment that's just not here. In fact, a lot of the secrets you find are like a cave where you just keep going deeper and lower into it. And then there's a boss at the end and then you teleport back out. 
and that's the level like it was basically a windy hallway but there wasn't like branches you didn't like have to solve anything or think carefully about how to proceed and there wasn't like different ways to proceed through it and surprises along that way it's not like tomb of giants where it's like oh man how do we even get through this place it's like and like there are there are definitely like i've found i have found significantly larger things and significantly smaller things but that only highlights how throwaway some of the throwaway content is that it's like that was basically a hallway ending with a dude and that was the dungeon and so it's it's kind of a bummer to see like the return of loose more loosely designed and more disposable content because that kind of feels at odds with what they're the goals that the they were generally going for it's an, it's an interesting experiment uh what there i don't are, like yeah. even more is the crafting <laughs> yes oh, really I hate, I hate, I don't. Crafting's bad in video games. <laughs> Almost full okay, stop. That's a, that's a little, it's, that's a little extreme, but all right. It's, it, it makes sense in Minecraft and it makes sense in survival horror. Like in Darkwood and Resident Evil and The Last of Us, there is a specific pool of resource types and there are risk reward sort of choices to be made about how like this thing can be used in like two or three different ways. And they very deliberately yeah. set it up so that you are having a bit of a, a crisis about which one is the right call to make. And they'll probably Finite also limit your basically is. Yeah. And is they'll like limit your better, inventory yeah. space. So you can't carry everything. Yeah. 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 Like the best Resident Evil games are the ones where you're planning your routes between safe rooms because you, you want to have enough stuff to survive, but enough empty space in your inventory to pick things up to help take to the next safe room because you're trying to also scavenge. And then the things you get, you're like, oh, shit, uh, like I this specific thing can be used to make like a, like a, a first aid kit or like a flame grenade. Like which one of those do I like? Which one of those is the right call? Like those kind of choices. And then like. Like, those games will make you fucking jump out of your seat when you find an inventory upgrade. <laughs> like, that's how vital the, those, the inventory is in those games and how, like, well done the crafting, like, dilemmas are. And, like, what is it? Like, The Last of Us, I think, like, uh, alcohol is used either for first aid kits or Molotov cocktails. And that is a binary-ass choice you've got to make about how to best spend your alcohol when you find it. And, like, shivs can be used to instantly kill clickers, which is obviously valuable, but they also open doors as lockpicks. That's an interesting choice. That's where crafting is interesting, is, like, I gotta craft my shivs and also think about how I want to use my shivs. Uh, that's all good stuff. Elden Ring is a bunch of fucking fields full of flowers you pick up 75,000 of and then you go into a menu to turn them into the real item. And it's like, I, you could just give me items like you did in the last six games. <laughs> you, you, we, we were fine before when you would just give me like crescent moon grass and I could eat it to heal or whatever. Like, I don't need to pick up 50 like red berries and read about how only my horse can eat them and then be like, oh, it's horse food. I got to craft it one-to-one -one from being not horse food into the more horsey food version of itself via a menu and it's like this is stupid this, this, that is this very is, stupid that's not yeah, even crafting it, that's just um like uh there's there's some things that require multiple components oh, okay, and so okay. on like this thing it's like this thing requires three things and that but that just makes me more annoyed because now if i ever need that thing now i gotta figure out where the fuck to find like where was the last time i saw that specific plant or whatever time to go on a boring journey <laughs> and it's even weirder by the fact that like when you're doing boss runs like when you die against something and then you respawn like at the at the equivalent of a bonfire on the run back to the boss all of the resources are back again 
So you every so if you fight a boss twenty times, you're gonna pick up all the resources by just mashing Y on the way to the boss that are happened to be there just over and over again. Yeah, which yeah. leads to its own balancing problems because they can be sold for they can sold be for the game's equivalent of souls, but also like you just have a weird deluge of that particular resource, and it's like okay, well, like the, the like these aren't even being balanced in an interesting way about like 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 once again let's go like going back to like the idea of like when I talked about Dark Souls level design in The Last of Us. That is also a front to back like campaign that you play through. And so the resources are preordained. I mean, they might be doing a like adaptive difficulty, but like ultimately, like there are there is a specific ish number of resources that spawn through the level. And like the only way to like, even if it even if it is randomized in some way, it only shuffles if you die and have to retry a level like you don't like farm the resources in the last of us so your choices matter and are interesting and like in the same thing goes for resident evil like i know that they they fudge the numbers sometimes to make the game to try to get everyone to have the intended experience to some extent but like you open a drawer and you find what's in the drawer and then there's no more shit in that drawer anymore like that's the the setup but in bloodborne in a in elden ring like there's just 50 billion things to mash Y for constantly to the point where I wish the game just auto picked up all items you walked near because like I'm constantly crab clawing the controller so that my thumb is on. I put my thumb on the right uh, joystick and my index finger on B so I can run while controlling the camera. And then I also have to figure out how to press Y at the same time constantly because there's 50 items on camera at any given time because oh, every random flower might be an item and so on. And it's just... Just give me items. It was fine when you would just kill a guy and then his corpse glowed and it's like, what's that glowy bit? Oh, he had, he had two firebombs and then you could just throw the firebombs. <laughs> like there was no, I don't see any upside to the, besides the fact that it's just expected of open world games because Assassin's Creed poisoned everybody. Uh, That's a downside though. <laughs> That's a downside. The fact that they're doing it because it's open world is a downside. It yeah, no, it's exactly what I dimension. don't want to see from them is I want to see them yeah. do stuff because they're reinventing the open world and like doing some like uh breath of the wild style stuff where they're like we're gonna really reassess what the point of open world even is and like and then breath of the wild did a lot of interesting stuff but it also had too much crafting in it uh but it did more interesting stuff with crafting than than uh elden ring is which is mostly just like exactly the kind of crafting i'm already sick of of like okay so it's far cry 4 you clear out the same outpost 75 times and pretend it's new content and like sometimes a bear shows up and oh, if you kill three bears, you can make a belt that gives you another inventory slot. And there's just like a shitty checklist of annoying crafting items to gather, not because they're interesting risk reward mechanics, but because it's just another checklist to work on. And it's like so like the, the, the crafting system in Elden Ring will it has two states it can exist in basically because it's not going to make me make interesting choices. So it'll either be completely out of the way and not really matter because I can just ignore most of it. Or it'll get the fright the fuck in my way and stop me dead in my tracks. And then I have to really engage with it in an annoying way where it's like, all right, let's checklist through our where do I find that piece of grass? I got to create 75 fucking uh, apply holy to weapon enchantments so I can try to do attempts on this boss because that's what he's weak to. So let's farm the three things it takes to make that like. That's that's the two options. It's going to either be miserable or it won't matter. Just like bombs in Assassin's Creed Revelations, where you made custom bombs and it was a really big pain in the ass. And I beat the game without ever using one. So I just didn't learn how to do them. Uh, like that's mm -hmm. that's that's open world crafting. It's bad. It's bad for the reasons why I just explained why crafting is supposed to be good. <laughs> mm, yeah.
I I don't know. I think I I think it would have probably been better if your craftable if your crafting resources were also tied to your death. So when you die, you have to go pick up your previously existing crafting resources. Yeah, if you dropped Otherwise, everything. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if you yeah. dropped literally everything, I I was really nervous about dying for the first time because I thought that's what <laughs> happens. I thought I was like shit, man. I just grabbed like yeah, I just no, spent, like, you know. But yeah, no, it is just like oh, there is no like. I the first time that I actually had to lose a huge chunk of runes, I went, oh, wait, this isn't actually a loss anymore. I can get back these resources in like a few seconds, really. I can I can literally farm for like thousands of runes almost uh, in less than an hour. Like I. Yeah, runes don't mean anything to me anymore. Um, <laughs> and the, it's it does basically do a weird issue where I've noticed that like the drops are really low even when you defeat a boss like the balancing of the runes like they clearly are expecting you to play a massive amount of this game so they don't want to give you any of that fast but it leads yeah. to a weird dynamic where you could just grind some mobs relatively quickly to get a, a amount of experience that feels comparable to an actual boss kill and that's kind of yeah like, there's like uh yeah there is there's a mob that's really that you find like basically early on and he just straight gives you a thousand rune for killing him and the higher level you get, the faster you can kick his ass. And you can basically just farm that guy. And you'll pretty much be like the equivalent of killing that one guy. And there's a place you can go find where there's just two of them. And they're much easier to kill than the one guy for a thousand. And they each give you a thousand. There's, and they're just like, you could just get 2,000 so easily. I could just sit there and keep farming 2,000 over and over and over and over again. And like, sure, at some level, someone's just going to you, you can do the, like the the thing of like, well, why would you do that? That doesn't sound fun. But I if it if it's that easy, why wouldn't you? It almost seems like it's part of the purpose, like you're supposed to do that because else, why else would they give you such an easy opportunity? And I think that's one of the one of the I, I don't know, I would say one of like the crowning features of a, a soul's world is that you kind of don't you really don't want to go back right you don't want to walk back to anywhere or go back to any particular part once you've passed it the idea of clearing an area is like a oh thank god i'll never have to look at that place again and like but elden ring is very much not that elden ring is very much like oh, okay so i could just show up here anytime i want and and especially since you could just teleport anywhere i'll just come back here and get the stuff i need and just leave I found a place where I can farm literally like almost 5,000 rune and it takes, I mean, it takes a little bit uh, because I'm a low level right now, but if once I get to, once I get to like probably like level 15 or 20, I can just come there and just mass farm super quick and all right, congrats. Before this used to be like, I had to like fight four bosses to get to where I am now, but now I don't need to do that. Now I can just go and fight bosses like i could just do it what i do with every rpg which is i can humor humorously walk up to them way overpowered and just like hit them twice and like okay wait i don't think we're at the right level <laughs> like the boss is just like hold on i think i walked into a boss fight what happened here <laughs> but now you and but now you also can tell if you're at the right level either way because it's an open world well like, that's yeah, the thing I do, too i do it's find like, myself I, always wondering whether i'm under or over leveled and what the intended experience was like it's all it all feels yeah. like kind of a callback to our, our original experience with dark souls where we heard it was hard so we were so we were like 
this must be in intentional when the game is kicking our teeth in. But we were going to the catacombs and to New Londo and not to Upper End Edberg. So we yeah, did, yeah. And like, one zone is infinitely respawning skeletons and the other one has ghosts that you can't hurt without without being uh, cursed. And we're like, I guess this is just how hard Dark Souls is <laughs> because we took <laughs> us like hours to notice the weird like winding path that takes you to the actual place you're supposed to start in. Mm-hmm. yeah and like the, and, and like this one like you can go yeah. anywhere at any time so it's like you do have to wonder like am i supposed to come back later or am i is this supposed to be how hard this is and there's definitely like a question to that and i can't help but wonder yeah. if the early game will be way too hard and uh and then the late game will just snowball in this way that's kind of unsatisfying where you get so strong and yeah there's so much ambiguity of like if you play through dark souls you don't run past enemies like you run past enemies when you die. Usually, when you're t- when, you, yeah. when you know that you have the safety of a boss gate to run to, and you're like you're just, you're just doing boss runs. But the act of exploring through a level of a Souls game is so treacherous that you dare not try to just run forward because all the people ch- that you, that you run past will chase you, and then you'll encounter like a trap or something or a big dude in a doorway, <laughs> and you're like, "Fuck me!" And like you're completely comically fucked because you because specifically you don't know what's gonna happen in the next room and the next corner and so on. Like it is this yeah. like vaguely horror like experience of tiptoeing through this thing and and like checking around corners with your camera and hoping no monster closets are going to hop out and get you and so on and like bloodborne conditions you to do that where they'll fucking have a guy just standing around a corner waiting to jump out at you when you try to walk past the corner and then right after that they'll do it again fuck you (laughs) like like that's the point uh so you don't run past stuff in in a in a dark souls games until you already know the entire level and have like cleared it of all of its items and basically killed everything once essentially and spent the souls that you got as a reward then people tend to run past stuff because they're like okay i know i know my seek i know my perfect red i can do it to get back to fucking yeah uh, ludwig faster or something but in this game it's like the whole world is just infinite enemies and it's like that leads to a massive disparity in the potential implied experience you're supposed to be having like receiving because like am i supposed to just walk through this area and literally kill hundreds of enemies taking hours and be level 30 or am i supposed to ride past them all on my horse and be like suck see you suckers i got i'm just mashing the pick up flowers button i'll see you at the next checkpoint and then you you know you save combat for when you actually end up in a real dungeon uh those two people are gonna be massively different levels and i don't know which one's right <laughs> And the yeah. one that is more that's, right, like the intended like power curve, and I can't tell. That's the and that's the feeling I had. Like I I ran into a boss that I beat on my first attempt, and I kind of felt like I bullied him. And I was like, oh wait, was I supposed to come fight this guy earlier, or mm-hmm. am I doing something wrong to be too high of a level by the time I encountered him? And he's not like. He's not in front of the like he's still in the starting zone I guess you could call it but he's not like he he is after a well amount of of encounters right he's like he's not just like ooh I I stumbled upon him pretty early on like this is somebody you you would find like he's hidden in a little nook and cranny far off in the in the nowheres and you're like oh okay so I and the outside is like okay well this is a pretty okay fight to get into this little cave to fight him so it must be kind of important but like then you stomp him and you're like i don't i don't know what i did right like am i am i good at the game am i over love over level like is he just not really supposed to be a threat i don't 
I don't know. I don't really get the feeling anymore. And I think there's a big difference between the feeling we had, like you're talking about from when we first played Dark Souls of like, I, is this just hard or, you know, or are we in the wrong place versus like, I, I genuinely don't know if I, I'm making a mistake and how I'm playing the game. I don't know if I'm being too proactive on going after like not non-boss hard fights and trying my best to like kill as many difficult enemies because I know they pay out high and then just leveling up really quickly and just assuming that 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 is going to lead me to a, a, a higher chance of victory on fights. And so far it has. It has been successful to do that. But can I keep the scale up? Can I, you know, like what's the what is going to be the threat when I eventually reach a, a main boss, I guess you could say, like a story related boss? And it, it is yeah. literally just a, a pathetic clap. Like the boss is just like, oh, my God. Oh, please just fucking leave. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, you're like a rabid animal walking into a cave and just like killing everything. <laughs> it's just and it, I don't know. I, I guess it's I, I'm curious to see um, as I play more of it. But it I so far, this has been the easiest Souls game I've ever played. Um, like I. I am having yeah. it is literally are, just a you, walk you are in the learning park for me. from game to game. But also this is a I'm no I think I'm noticing this one in this one, not only do you have like some of the buttons you would want to have, like just having a jump button and so on, that probably would be easier <laughs> yeah. sell for you. But also yeah. I think I feel like stamina is way less limiting than normal in this game. Or wow, stamina is I've, very generous. No, I I've yeah. noticed stamina is very generous from like uh previous Souls games because that because the moment that's I your saw primary the stamina complaint part. about the franchise is, is yeah. like you, you like Sekiro because it didn't have a stamina meter. And uh it, this yeah, one definitely and, hits me less. It, like it, it the primary it's almost like it with almost any boss fight if i'm just swinging my weapon and dodging around i almost never run out of stamina it's the moment i i block something then it's just like yes. four <laughs> that's just I, all gone and you're like no yeah and i think i mean again i've been i've been pretty hard playing sekiro free uh lately and i've kind of like sekiro has taught me a valuable lesson in uh, two things. One is how to do perfect blocks. Um, and two is that sometimes you just need to be really, really cognitive, uh, like cognitive or uh, conscious of how of when to dodge. If you know exactly when to dodge something, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what your approach is. As long as you just dodge right at the right time, you can get some really good hits in. And Dark Souls enemies are notoriously good at being like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to do something and you can just dodge. <laughs> and especially this game, if you just dodge right, you just stand two handed and just be like, I'm going to slap your ass and then I'm going to roll back when he does the like in inevitable counter turnaround. Like I did a big attack. Now I'm going to hit you from behind. You're like, yeah, but I already stabbed you and I'm going to roll and I'm going to wait and just I just stand there. I just stand and wait for the enemy to come at me. And if it's like a constant swing, OK, roll a couple of times back. If it's just a one big swing, just roll forward at him and then hit him in the ass and then roll away. But I never run out of stamina because I, I don't feel the need to keep like swinging flailly or need to do anything because I, I don't know. I know I'm not going to run out of stamina and all these bosses are mostly just big swinging arcs. They're just a lot of I've ran into some I've ran into one boss so far that's like kind of unreasonable. 
Um, <laughs> I've seen like, some I, dark shit. I'm so mad yeah, at some of the things I've seen. Yeah, I've I've seen. I I've ran into a boss that literally is just like, okay, well, this is this is gonna take some like next level uh strats or something. Like I've I have definitely to come given up on some things and come and I'm like, I'll be back later. I'm not I'm not dealing yeah. with this. Yeah, like I ran into a boss that one shot me no matter what I did. If I dodged, if I blocked, if I uh, like, and no matter what I did, it would kill me in one shot. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm just not going to touch you then. I'm going to come back and I'm going to make you wish you didn't do that. Um, yep. But there's, there's definitely so many bosses I've run into that, yeah, again, the stamina meter's too big. And so I can very easily, like you talk about, I can very easily just dodge, hit, dodge, dodge, and then wait, dodge, hit, dodge, dodge. And I don't care how long it takes. There's no timer on this game. It's not like I've got 30 seconds to beat a guy before he's, you know, before I die. So if I'm sitting there and I'm only doing like two handed heavy hits once and then rolling back. Okay. That's I'm still going to get through the boss. I'm still going to win. And then I, you know, I just, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's weird when I've, I compare I've it to like Dark Souls. I've definitely seen where all the negative reviews came from. Cause, uh, with the first guy having, you encounter in this game yeah no i was having a i was having a great time with this game and it's been running fantastically except for this one place that has like a storm effect happening that makes me chug oh. a bit but like like i chugged once and turned the game to medium and it was like whatever I'm, I'm i'm over it and i didn't even notice the visual change so i'm like cool a game runs great i'm having fun everyone was like oh don't get the pc version it's gonna die on you and i'm like the game's running great whatever uh then like 10 hours in, I finally come back to the beginning of the game where there was a dude that I saw and I'm like, that guy looks very dangerous. I'm going to just not <laughs> walk up to him because it's an open world uh, and I'm level one. And so I came back hours and hours later and I tried fighting that guy and I got him eventually. But holy fucking shit, the game does not work yeah. there. And it's yeah. right. It's like the first major encounter of the game. That's like when you need the most polish ever is the on ramping experience. It's like no wonder there's like a hundred Steam reviews and like it's like where it's like this, the game. The game's like mixed on Steam last I checked, and there's so mm -hmm. many negative reviews because everyone's like, I, I gotta get out. I gotta get out and refund the game before like I get past the threshold where you can't re refund it. Like the beginning <laughs> of a Steam game is so important, and having that yeah. the game just shit itself literally on the front step of the open world is so bad i like and i yeah. also don't really like the fight very much but oh it's more such than a anything is the fact that it's, it's so blatantly bad. doesn't work like it's yeah. the game it's like it's like they they some they said it's like they slice the world into a series of loading chunks or something and put a boss fight right on the seam and it's like that would be a bad mistake ever it's a huge mistake on the what's essentially the first boss of the game, as much as you can even claim there is any, because it's it's an open world game. But it's, like he's I mean, right there. Like yeah, he's technically the first like titled character you're gonna run yeah. into. Like, but it, but even worse, I, I I did this in one episode. Uh, in the opposite direction from the beginning of the game is another boss. And that one, I had the headache of it getting stuck on geometry and like it's doing all this ambitious shit as being this big, interesting boss. But like the way it, it's just shitting itself, interacting with the world over and over again <laughs> to the point where at one point no. it teleported back to its spawn. And I'm like, no, this isn't this was really cool at first, but this is. Yeah. This is an incredibly rough fight, and those are the two most most likely first encounters somebody will have. And it's like, yeah, I can see where all the negative reviews are coming from. I uh, I 
I started this game by just fucking leaving. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't here. I did other shit instead. But the, the, like both of those fights are two of the worst fights I've seen in the game. And one of them is really disappointing because it's a really cool fight, but it doesn't work. Uh, and the and yeah, that's a that's a real bummer. I, I would I would be interested to find out. And I we won't because the Japanese company they don't fucking tell you anything ever. They're like. It's it's like you. I would be convinced that they literally just execute all their employees after every game and hire new ones. Because <laughs> like nothing comes out of Japanese companies about how the fuck development went. But like I would love to know how the fuck that business. happened because like they know they have to like it's common basic knowledge that like like ever since like you know like the fucking Bioshock demo back in the day like the on like the fucking like cinematic like the 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 beginning of a game is so crucial to hooking people and having the the first major encounter of the open world be in a Elden ring be so hilariously bad is i don't know how that happens <laughs> and i'm so confused like what last minute choice happened or like did the uh, did the optimization just fucking tank in the last week before the game came out and there's like oh fuck <laughs> like we can't change we can't fix this in time we we'll hope we can do it in time or like i don't did they move where the where the game started? Like, like it was the original spawn point where the game starts in the open world, literally somewhere else until recently? Like, I would, I'm so curious. I yeah, I have no idea how it got that bad, but yeah, I, I've definitely experienced uh, multiple times. I literally lured him to about. a place that ran better. Did you really? I. Yes. I, I thought about like maybe I should lead him away, but then I thought like, well, I, I don't know. Like, is that I, he's obviously here for a reason. I'm supposed to fight him here. And but yeah, like I every time I try fighting him, it would just something would like at the crucial moment, it'd be like, it'd yeah. like hiccup at some point. I'm like, oh, no, this, I, I learned no, him I towards the, the next bonfire. And if I fought him by that, mm. it ran great. <laughs> but okay, it was really I goofy. Might try it that. was so it's yeah, so like, fucking goofy that it works that way. Yeah, like it literally three... is just like a danger zone and it's the middle of his boss arena and it's just like fuck you. That's weird. Yeah, no, there's yeah, there's definitely uh I've tried him like three times now and I basically have given up and be like, I'm just gonna leave him alone. He can just sit there it, and I'll come back and yeah. like like mess with them be later be but between that and the ability to have fights where just random assholes aggro on you when you're fighting a boss fight there's a lot of reminders of why there was an appeal to fighting people in a boss arena in all the other games yeah there's i i was gonna say there there's something i i didn't think i would but i really kind of miss being able to i miss being able to just like know it's time to fight a boss there's a there's a sense yeah. of there's a sense of like Souls games are a lot about planning and, uh, you know, strategizing, right? It's supposed to be like boss fights are supposed to be the uh, the test after you've taken yeah. all of the after you've done all the homework to get there. And it when you when you run into one right as you start the game, your immediate thought is, should I have known something before coming here? Did I, Was I <laughs> supposed to know how to play this game? And it's not even like. There's a difference between like, oh, yeah, you definitely there's a difference between a feeling of like, oh, yeah, you should you should know that you're not supposed to be able to fight this enemy. And wow, like. I I hope I read the marketing material or else I'd be like super confused how the fuck I was supposed to fight this guy like and. It's I don't know, it's funny because there's like there's a pretty much dead ass similar fight in Sekiro 
but somehow Sekiro did this fight way better, and somehow it was uh, Sekiro was an open world. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like even the the very area, the like, little curated levels, and the, so every every single even the mini bosses had like a really specific location they were in that gave you space, even if it felt like true. more of an organic surprise. Yeah, that's and true. Elden the, Ring wants to surprise you. <laughs> yeah, Elden Ring does want to surprise you. It's but there's uh, a lot of oh a boss health bar. Oh, this is happening. Oh, this is a bad time. I have three giants, and for some reason, seventy five rams chasing me. <laughs> I can't do this right now. <laughs> I, I, had like, one you can... I had one surprise boss fight for, for some reason all of nature was attacking me I wasn't sure why <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I fought it again later so no it wasn't the boss fight it wasn't like a mechanic I just somehow like all of nature was mad at me and all of it was chasing me simultaneously and I mean like the parts of nature that aren't like villains <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah non-aggressive freaking grass attacking do... you I can't fight 30 things at once <laughs> what that's pretty good. The uh, I'm just I I again I as I play more I'm more curious to see the uh the philosophy or the design. I I'm just really curious why they chose to make it this way. Like it, it was there was it yeah. easier? Was it I mean the, the, the payoffs you know, the, there is a real payoff in that it really works sometimes. These like moments of just where you yeah. just see something and you're like, "Oh, fuck." And that wouldn't be quite the same way if you could obviously tell mechanically, like, like video games have design to them that is very obvious sometimes. Like when you go through that one settlement in The Last of Us 1, there's a lot of chest high walls while you're like hanging out, talking to people about their cool hangout that they have. And like, wow, yeah, maybe we can live here in a peaceful place where nothing will ever go wrong as you're walking by a bunch of chest chest high walls that look a lot like cover that you snap to. And you're like, huh, is this conversation going to end with this place being attacked and me fighting back to the level I just walked through? I, I'll, I, I could never guess that that might happen. Yeah. And then that happens. <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, I, that, that also yeah. is just the, the remnants of the design of uh of the gameplay mechanics because it's like it, it well, the well, last it's what happens requires... when you try to walk and talk through a mario level and you're like well it's a mario level i'm pretty sure i'm yeah. gonna jump through this later yeah but if the last of us could could uh mechanically integrate its cover system into normal looking worlds instead of having you know half chest or chest high walls neatly placed uh, of course, doing that is very difficult because of the animations and all the stuff that the, uh, Last of Us does. But it, it's not necessarily dependent on. It's um, yeah, it's it's a it can. Work. I I understand what you say. I, I suppose it works sometimes because of that. Uh, you you guys haven't mentioned something though that um, I think is bad, uh, but I don't know, Andrew. Maybe because you... we're intentionally not mentioning it. If it's spoilery. No, it's not spoilery. Yeah, is, it, is it a spoiler? Okay. What what's no. what's the question? Have you fought a boss in the middle of the open world in Elder Rings? Elden Rings. What does that mean? Yeah. That the whole game's in open in the middle of the open world. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, what I mean to say is that uh, imagine the Capper Demon and how it's reused later on in uh, Dark Souls. Oh, you mean when a, a boss is also a normal enemy? Mm-hmm. Does that happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which means you will inevitably, or not inevitably, but you may, it may happen that you fight the normal mob before you actually fight the boss. 
Yeah. Because it's an open world game. Yeah, no, that yeah, will yeah it is possible. To everyone yeah, except that... me. Everyone <laughs> oh, except damn. you. There is, a large, there is a large reoccurring normal enemy uh, that is all over the place in that game. But the first time I encountered him was a boss. But that was yeah. because I went in that... an incredibly specific direction that, that no one else would have taken. That's and why so... I'm no. asking because I, I saw Andrew fight no the way. monster. You, can, you can't Andrew tell me that guy's a boss. That guy better not be a fucking boss. Are you kidding me? That guy's fucking pathetic. He's a yeah. boss? You don't like, know he was my first know. boss fight that I killed. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but he's like everywhere <laughs> as a normal enemy. I didn't know that. So I was like, I guess I got the good experience. Because yeah, that's the guy it's I was way, talking about. You could just farm it'd, it'd him for a thousand runes. It'd be way more like, disappointing just... to, to go into a place and be like, oh, it's that regular enemy, but they're calling it a boss, which is a thing that like... <laughs> Some games do, including even some of the Souls games have done, like especially yeah, Bloodborne's Chalice Dungeons, were just like a weird mess of like you'd fight three of the same giant on the way to like a boss fight against that giant, and it's like because blood because it was randomly generated. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. definitely some of that. Like there, it, like there's no escaping it. Like Elden Ring has padding and it has like recycled content and it has like oh yeah, it just re it, it has... respects your t it respects your time less than the rest of the franchise does. Like it is not the masterfully paced, beautiful, crafted game that i've come to these for which is my original complaint like i can still say it's that it's doing a lot of really cool shit for an open world and i'm gonna have fun with it and not be bored the way yeah. i am with horizon zero dawn and ghost of tsushima but it is not that carefully crafted tight thing it is you'll fight that guy but now he has a different health bar which means it's different somehow <laughs> like that will happen <laughs> and pick 75 well, flowers me... that are all the same <laughs> Like the, I'm confident in that fight now. I, I think I can win that one. <laughs> I fought him. I, I fought him before I knew how to level up yet. Holy so, shit! I yeah. I mean, to so be I fair, an, I also I had, fought him I before I knew experience. how to level up, but not the well, boss. I, I, fought, I mean, I fought the boss. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fought the it regular a, mob. You can watch. Uh, you can watch me just learn for 20 minutes. It's a pretty. It's a pretty satisfying little curve of me like adapting and like getting into the groove and so on. But anyway, I, it's time. It's about time to call it. That's yeah. That was, that's our spoiler-free, as best as you can, early look at Elden Ring, I guess. And it was a sandwich. Think... It was sandwiched around an, an hour and a half of Fallout ranting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is a weird, this is a weird podcast. <laughs> a very open-world podcast, if you will. Yep. Yeah, it was mm. just like my Let's Play. <laughs> just wherever the fuck it feels like. Send your questions to <laughs> dialoguechoicespodcast at gmail.com. It's dialogue is spelled like in the title of this, not like the other way you can spell it. They're both real. Shut up. Uh... See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>